Uh, welcome to Adventures in Lala Gagging. We are playing uh, One Ring, second edition tonight. We're continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign, uh, which has now reached episode 47. Three more to go. Uh, and then uh, I think we're done, right? We, we agreed. We agreed for the TPK episode fifty. That seemed to be one of the more popular options in chat. Uh, I don't. So I, I don't yeah. think that. No, no. That, I'm that was, pretty that sure when you brought that up, I said I would kill you in your sleep. The decision makers <laughs> of the channel have agreed, uh, no, which no, means myself agrees with myself. And <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those uh, look in the mirror conversations. Yeah, Do you agree? Is, I agree. Could you imagine like <laughs> Jeff just really sends us a video of him talking to himself in the mirror? Yeah. Like, sorry guys. Sorry. Like you're out, you're just outvoted. You're just outvoted. Oh, a real boy. column style scene. Oh, geez. The way I look at it, Zora, Zora mentions get 100 episodes, you have beaten most uh most TV shows. Think about that for a second, though, in terms of like the hour length of our shows. Most mm -hmm. of our episodes push three hours. Like we're always between two and three. And I would say we average at least two and a half hours. So like really like we're pretty much already at 100 in terms of like the hour runtime count. Like oh, we yeah. have far surpassed like anything Peter Jackson has ever done with <laughs> any of the Middle Earth properties. Right. So like as far as I know. And I, I, I could be, I could be proven wrong. <laughs> there is nobody on this planet who has produced more video audio content, right? Can you think of anybody? Can you think it? Right, right, right. I would put you in charge of Rings of Power season two, dude. I would totally love to be in charge of Rings of Power season two. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, I have ideas. <laughs> I have so many ideas. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that one scene we spoke about yeah there were listen i don't want to get off on a rings of power tangent here okay but steven brought it up no <laughs> i am i've i've said multiple times i'm net positive on rings of power but i have reservations about certain choices that they made uh about about some of the the compression that they did because they have to compress and i get it but like yeah some of the choices they made. It's not even the time thing. I don't even mind the timeline compression. I just hate the world compression. You know, everything just felt so close to one another. Like about like we're just, what we're about to do. We're going to yeah. go from one part of the world to like the other. Was, yeah, it just didn't feel like there was journeying going on. You just walk down the street, you know, from a region, knock on the door at Casa Doom, and everything's fine. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a little weird. Uh, but overall, I'm, I'm a net positive on it. Anyhow, let's not talk about Rings of Power. Let's talk about a far better uh, audio-visual production of Middle-Earth stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Australis. I'll drop a Xeno Queen in Season 2 of Rings of Power. Totally. Totally no, no one expects that crossover. Okay. Uh, that could so be a good crossover, though. That, I mean, that would spice things up a bit, right? Like, they say Sauron has a plan, and maybe that's his plan, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why the don't we do coming through Gamely's beard? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no. That's what's underneath there. <laughs> oh, poor Gimli. You know, you know, he survives into the fourth age and builds up a very, you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful colony, uh, and that, that, those crystal caverns, you know, near, uh, near Helm's Deep, Rohan. And now don't... we know how he dies. You guys don't know fourth age stuff. Okay. That's cool. No, 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 no. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. 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 
So Ashley, Ashley, Ashley translated what cool, 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 cool means when I say it last night. So <laughs> accurate you. too. So accurate. It was it's really exactly funny. It was so accurate. <laughs> so, all right. Enough of my nonsense. Let's do a quick, uh, quick, quick round table. Do it fast. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's not do it. We've been playing 47 episodes. We don't need to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's then dive in then. Why don't we just do that? So I'm playing Daggett, you know? Yeah, That's unless you guys character. decided to change new characters. I'll play Gilly. <laughs> no. Episode 50. She dies. That happens. <laughs> oh, that goodness. was a quick shutdown. <laughs> there we go. Suddenly doesn't then, like this idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, musical wondering. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about doing a musical episode in Octane Cthulhu on Thursdays. Hmm. Hey, I'm that's, for it. That's we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Can we expand uh, on that thought? <laughs> so, so we're like hanging. So, Octane Cthulhu. It's over on Gar. It's over on Garbage Games. We play Thursday nights. Our buddy Matt, who's in the Horror Horror Express, Jeremy, who everyone knows and loves from the Monday games, uh, and then uh, and then Aaron as well from uh, from Conan from mm-hmm. from Orbital Blues and everything like that, uh, in from Forbidden Lands. So we're all in it. And so Megan, one of the other players, Jeff's like, you guys like musicals? And we're like, well, yeah, I like me. I mean, I do. I like musicals. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's like, do you guys want to do a musical episode? <laughs> so we're like, uh, sure. Okay. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the idea. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I get to sing. I hope it does. You guys get to pilot the idea and then we can see. We'll if refine it. Worth yeah. uh, replicating. Well, I mean, isn't the, I mean, isn't that like the new fad? Like Riverdale used to do a like a, I think a a musical scene or musical episode every every season. Bob's Burgers does it too. It's the yeah. thing. Bob's Burgers, no Riverdale fans here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not Riverdale's to plug another the- channel, but uh, our friends at DOK uh, have an Oops All Goblin show where I play a goblin bard and I do sing every chance I get. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Singing, singing, it, and I'm, I'm going to get kicked off it. for advertising Chuck now. <laughs> yeah, because I don't advertise. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's dive in. Enough of this nonsense. Let's quit stalling. So we pick up. Uh, we're going to pick up after the re- so. Well, last session, I should say, picked up with the return journey uh, from when you were leaving the northern uh, the northern heights. Of the moon mountains when you were up near the ice bay of forest shell uh, you started your return you had your battle with lottie you had your uh your moment with your brother snagit daggett and uh you 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 recovered several several weapons right so you began your journey back to gladrack and crackstone and it was not entirely uneventful although not not, not particularly threatening uh floy you witnessed two rams basically kill themselves as they were ramming their heads into one another and you stumbled across this tomb of a, of a dwarf that was seemingly buried alive uh for its for their greed Arineal, you saw a creature that was flying through the sky one night that seemed large enough to blot out the stars and screeched some horrible screech Daggett, you discovered at one point in a positive way that your brother had secretly packed away several of the stolen treasures from the crackstone vaults and also the armband of the Mirdan that uh, that he was given from Sorendir and you found it in your bags. Uh, Gilly, you had a, a strange moment where you found these cold and angry drawings of Sorendir in your sketchbook, despite having no memory 
of drawing them. And you had your sketchbook open previously in the previous day as you were showing Daggett some of your old sketches. And not only that, but that sound of that crackling ice that sometimes haunts you ever since your time up by Othringol returned. Now, eventually you all made it back uh, to the to Crackstone, to, to Glad Rock, Floyd's Halls. Uh, and you kind of got in the warmth and safety once more, and you kind of began to recover, right? Recuperate. And we spent probably, I would say maybe a month there, or at least a few weeks. Uh, Daggett and Floyd, you managed to convince Thrombin, the head of the guard of the Crackstone Halls, that Snagit and the other Oathbreakers fell in battle with Lottie and her hill folk, although you all can tell that he was still somewhat suspicious of this. But at the same time, because you re- returned all these treasures, he kind of let it go. You know, that, like, so whether or not he believes you, it didn't look like he was in any had any real interest of kind of pushing the issue further. Uh, in Gladrock, we met we met with Loremaster Jetty again, who shared a tale uh, with Arineal about the blade that you all discovered uh, in that 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 sort of um, the human cairn that you had found uh, within the mines. You uh, you learned how first of all it's Numerian it's uh, Numenorian steel. Uh, which uh, which you could probably tell from just looking at it, uh, but specifically that it was wielded by guards of kings. Uh, I can't remember if he knew the exact name, but you would probably be able to put it together as King Arvadui, uh, who like kind of fled after the fall of um, you know eff- effectively of the of the northern kingdoms, and that's the the sort of the king that ventured up northward uh, and uh, and kind of hidden those mines. Um, in Cragstone, Daggett, you visited an old steward uh, named Omuk. Uh, who uh, who introduced you to an orphan. You were able to kind of give over your previous weapons to this orphan because you now carry this, this massive black long axe that Lottie had wielded for so, for so long now. He also kind of got a little nervous because in going through it, it he referred to it as like the black fang. His stories apparently say that it was made from the, uh, the ash and bone of dragons and that it was crafted by a smith that seemed to be educated in both like dwarven and elven techniques, not something particularly common, especially in these times. Not only that, but it tended like any time that this weapon had kind of shown up in history, it's kind of heralded dark times. And the last time it was seen was during the war with Hangmar, about a thousand years ago or more, when the human kingdoms of the north, they fell to the shadow, basically, warned you to wield it with care. Now, over the weeks that you spent in the halls, you were also, in a, in a very positive sense, reunited with Balin, uh, Balin, uh, son of Funden. So you haven't seen him in some time. Uh, he brought some grim tidings a little bit. Uh, if you recall the dwarf colony from which Thorfinn and, and Thievi came, they were kind of terrorized a bit by Rotag's warband, kind of never really recovered from the losses they suffered. Uh, and so Thorvim and Thievi and some of the others, they eventually settled in the crumbled city of Tharbad, where... Uh, they're apparently working to repair the old bridge there. Uh, Balin also was able to share a story that he heard from the dwarves of Harmelt, who you visited prior in this campaign, about a pair of elven ships that were burning and just set ablaze in the middle of the Gulf of Loon. And even miles away, like all this, the sounds of like agony and like lamentation could be heard in the wind. And so you all spent time recuperating. Irenial, you were severely wounded in the battle with Lottie. You managed to get those wounds healed, others as well. And summer eventually reared its head, spring faded away, uh, and uh, you began to plan the next steps. Uh, so why don't we dive into that, right? Let's, let's kind of get going right into that. Let's say, 
we'll picture up, we'll camera up. You guys are in maybe Floyd's, uh, Floyd's home halls. We're back in, in Glad Rock. We see his his mother. We see his, I think it's brother Eloy and some of the others around. We see Mead and Meat. We hear kind of song and cheer. And we see the four of you, uh, maybe Balin as well, maybe others, uh, kind of spread along this, um, you know, kind of circling around this large table where you have these different maps and stuff. Uh, some old, some new, some of the Blue Mountains, some of the Breelands, maybe one or two even of the Shire. And you all are planning your journey. So I turn it over to you. Where are we headed? No, we're all rested and healed up. How about we head to our bed? Arrhenial will kind of stretch her left arm out a little bit and kind of rotate the shoulder around and say, yeah, I think I think finally able to uh, get use of both arms again. Appreciate everyone's time for rest. I'm excited to see Thorbo and Thievi. I wonder what they've been up to. I'll have to... Uh, I'm glad I picked up another journal before we left us. My pages got messed up. Uh, Sounds like they've been through some tough times, but hopefully some friendly faces will lighten the load. All I know is that we've been sitting around too long. I'm getting fat on ale. Need to go stretch my legs. So let's dive in. Should we dive into the mechanics? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there. I was just going to thank all of the uh, family, extended family, for their hospitality. Okay. Uh, They say you're welcome. Okay. So let's, uh, let's, I just wanted you guys to play the map and everything like that. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) so we are starting. So let's, let's kind of look at the map for a second. You all are way up here uh, in the Northwest where I'm pinging. Uh, You are in the Blue Mountains. we are kind of have you nestled between the halls of both Gladrock and Cragstone. Uh, and if you haven't looked, Tharbad is very, very far away. Uh, mm-hmm. So Tharbad yes. is far to the southeast. Uh, you, if you kind of were to just sort of do a straight line travel, it's still a significant period of time. But as we know, in one ring, you can't just kind of draw a straight line. You have to concern yourselves with rivers and hills and mountains and roads and all that kind of thing. So, Let's uh, let's draw your path. So, what path would you take as you have all these different maps and such out? Like, what are we thinking? I would suggest that we take the easy route. We go directly south with the Blue Mountains, cross the Loon near the Grey Havens, where they got the nice bridge. Go through the White Downs, Mitchell Delving. Uh, we could go to Bree if you'd like, uh, and then the Greenway to Tharbad. It, we It'd might want to pick route because that's a long journey if we just went straight to Tharbad. It would add more time on to go to Bree, but it would be a nice, you know, not quite halfway point, but over halfway point. I might suggest that we take a, a little bit of a straighter, so kind of go south to the Hall of the Dwarves and kind of do a, a more of a straight line across the Loon to Mickle Delving and not go all the way down to... Crossing at Sarnford instead of uh, taking the Greenway. Um, I would still 
say we could take the greenway, but just the, the first leg of the journey, just going to Hall of the Dwarves and then cutting across this direction. Not going to the Grey Havens is what Correct. you're saying. Correct. So you're saying I like to hear, and then we go across. So don't just say here. Are you drawing? I'm drawing. Yes, you're drawing. Good. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like that? Yeah. To see pings and people do listen. Okay. All right. So we're so basically you're you're traveling southward a bit along the Blue Mountains, heading pretty much straight east. uh, Once you probably travel uh, maybe two or three days south of the Blue Mountains, cross over the River Loon. You've crossed over the River Loon a few times at this point. You know that there aren't really bridges for you to cross. So it's all really about kind of finding the path over. Um, that'll take you into the North Moors, uh, which you can then kind of venture kind of southeasternly into the Shire, find the Great East Road, or Brand- yeah. and then uh, and kind of I cross over the Branding Lane Bridge. I sloppily okay. drew it, but... You- I think you're good. I think you're good. Green might not have been the best choice of color, uh, but uh, I get what you're going for. I get what you're going for. If someone else has another color, I just click drop freehand. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) You just have to be, you just happen to be green. Okay. All right. So let's, um, I mean, I'll give you, you guys will have a a second to do, a minute or so to do any sort of goodbyes and whatnot if you want, but let's, let's sort of get this all situated. So we are, okay. So I'm going to bring up the, company sheet let's do our let's figure out your roles so last time around i think we had daggett you were the you were the guide uh i think arenio was hunting floy you were serving a scout you were you were unseated as the guide and uh gilly you remained uh, as the lookout is that how we want to keep it or do we want to make changes I'm keeping it unless you guys want to change anything. I'm good with travel, so I'd like to stay. Fine with me. That works. One quick question about geography, Jeff. Yeah, man. Um, Wasn't it the White Downs where Floyd got married? Uh, That is, in in fact, uh, very much correct. Uh, Just west of Mickle Delving. So I'm going to have to... uh, call out a problem with our uh, travel here. We need to get a little bit further south before uh, you need to draw just a for correction? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to go visit the fairy wife. Yeah, let's fix that angle real quick. Okay, go ahead and make your adjustments <laughs> okay. so I can draw it on Boy's the, on the GM screen. <laughs> there, is a, there is a GM map that I have to draw this on, so once you get it done. Okay. All right, and now are any of you doing any kind of swapping out of useful items? It is summertime. Uh, you will be traveling pretty much for about, a, I would say, I don't know, at least several weeks, possibly a month uh, during summer. Is there anything you guys are doing a little differently? Um, I did swap out a useful item, but we kind of covered it last episode. I had a uh, flask of dwarven liquor, and I'm swapping that out for uh, Snagit's pipe as my useful item. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, anybody else making any changes? I gotta lose the snowshoes. This is seasonal attire. So okay. uh, snowshoes are dropped. And uh, I think I'll go back to uh, fishing net for my uh, summer accessory. Gotcha. Uh, and we now have three 
ponies, correct? We have boot, root, and beat. Is that yep. correct? Yep. Correct. All right. So Arineal is the only one without a mount. Okay. All right. But Arineal doesn't take fatigue during travel, so it's all okay. Well, if you try to run and catch up with uh, mounts, I think you might start having to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, okay. So we have all the mechanics locked in then. So let's, uh, I like the weird loop we have. <laughs> There's a loop. Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah. That's really the, going out of our way not to go through the Grey Havens. We got to go see that fairy wife. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Grey Havens, I mean, like you don't have any else in your party anymore, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. They've got roads and bridges. They do. Like there is at least a bridge over over the loon there uh, <laughs> you can get across in. Or if Arineal like, has Arineal has appreciated <laughs> the time to recover, um, but Arineal would like to spend some time in some trees and some sure. outdoors areas. You're here to okay. hear, folks. Elves don't have enough trees. Dwarves don't have enough trees because we've been under a mountain. Yeah, you idiot. Jeez, that's what <laughs> Melissa said. That was what Melissa was saying. That was as close to Melissa saying that as you could possibly get. Because I remember last episode when I said I want to take this book and go read it under a tree. And yeah. it was like, yeah, there aren't any trees here. Let's go find a table. There are like, trees. Yeah. It's just there's, there's, they're like a whole day, day's exactly. trek away. You have to go outside, exactly. down the slope. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll turn to you then. You're getting ready to leave. We're packing up. Floy, you're saying your farewells to your family and friends. Is anyone doing, is anyone having any final business that they're looking to accomplish either in Gladrock or Crackstone, anything like that? Any scenes that you want before we leave? I don't think so. We say our farewell. No, I think it's settled. I, yeah. Okay. So we'll say uh, dawn one day, you all wake up get your packs together uh you bid farewell to your mother floy your brother you say thanks to the lore master jetty uh who looks more at you or Reniel, making sure that you asking for new riddles and such uh you all maybe break fast with uh with balin who gives you kind of a an encouraging grin and kind of wistfully thinks of when he was younger if he was just a wee bit younger he might be going with you uh, and we uh, we set out. So let's do it then. Uh, you you leave through the the main uh, the main doors of uh, of Gladrock, and let's dive in. Uh, I need a the very first uh, travel roll from our uh, from our guide, please. Hey, that's me. All right. Uh, oops, no Gandys. Um. That is just a regular success. Okay. Uh, regular success. We are on mountain terrain. Oops, I didn't mean to hit that twice. Uh, it is going to be... So the first event is going to be targeting our scout. So that would be, I think, Floyd. Floyd needs to roll an explore test. Okay. I failed. Okay. Well, <laughs> off to a good start. Name. Okay. So, oh my God, my macros aren't working anymore. There we go. Now it's working. Okay. So you guys venture out. You start heading southward. 
Uh, you're staying into the foothills of, uh, of the Blue Mountains. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's simple travel that you've done before. You, you've even done this particular trek uh, as you kind of find yourselves going along the same ridge line where you first met Daggett's brother, Snagit, who found you along the road uh, on a ridge that had kind of been washed out by rain. It is not raining, however. It is very warm to the point where most of you are kind of maybe removing layers here or there, taking cloaks off, kind of throwing them over top of your mounts if you have them, uh, and you're venturing southward. At a certain point, however, as Floyd is kind of maybe moving a little further ahead, uh, looking for danger or maybe looking for kind of an, an easier path, um, he, you, Floyd, you, you see like this, you see this kind of strange looking, I would say peak of mountain that maybe the last time you were here as like kind of the fog and the storm were rolling in, you see it kind of kicking up from below, like uh, probably about 200, 300 yards from below. Uh, and you see that as you're looking at it, it, it almost seems like once more earth has shifted, earth has moved in some way. And as you're kind of peeking down, your foot slips and you go tumbling all the way down. We're talking 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet. And much like a golf ball going into a perfect hole at the very bottom, as those as the rest of you are watching, you watch in horror as Floyd just tumbles, 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 and then drops down into this strange peak with kind of a, a hole at the very top. Uh, it almost looks like a, a kind of a sinkhole built into the side of the foothills. Uh, and he disappears from your sight. What are all of you doing at this, other than Floyd? Floyd will tackle you in a second. But Gilly, Daggett, or any, what are you all doing? Uh, Gilly immediately goes to look for something that she can, because she's got her rope button hook to uh, secure that so she can throw the rope down so we can hopefully get down in a system. Okay, how long, is, how long is that rope? I don't think it specifies. I don't think so. it's particularly long. Uh, okay. So yeah, you you would probably have to climb down the slope at least to get to the to the, sort of that edge of that pit that Floyd just fell into. Okay. Reniel's just gonna go like so. She's just gonna kind of okay. Um, step down and kind of trying to like kind of slide to kind of quickly kind of get down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reniel, go ahead and make an athletics check as you start to move down the slope. Uh, Daggett, what are you doing? Well, it seems like the girls have it covered, so uh, I'll supervise from the top of the the hill. Okay. Girls, huh? That's a little foof. Didn't realize Daggett was one of those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm wow. saying they, they have it Oof. covered. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, great success. Okay. You're able to descend the, the, the slope. Uh, once or twice, the earth kind of slides underneath your feet. You can tell you're on very treacherous terrain. This is the second time you've moved along this path that seems to travel south uh, of the of the Glad Rock Halls and sort of in the direction several days away of Harmelt. That you've just seen the mountain is just collapsing and collapsing, landslide after landslide, wash, you know, kind of a wash away here or there, and it just seems like everything's so very tumultuous. Even moving down, your your like your kind of feet are slipping underneath you, but you're able to quite deftly, uh, and maybe with your extra successes, you can even kind of help guide Gilly down as well, and you kind of get to the edge, this rim of what effectively is some kind of some kind of pit. 
as the two of you get to the edge, you you just feel this this big gust of air kind of burst up into your face like steam. And you realize it's some kind of like hot spring or geyser. Let's cut to Floyd for a second. Floyd, you're tumbling down and tumbling down. And then just when you think you're about to like kind of reach out and kind of grab and slide, you just feel yourself free falling in the air down into darkness. And it's not a short drop, but eventually you splash in the bottom of what is what you realize is very, very warm water, almost hot water, in fact. Not to the point where it's ever going to scald you or anything like that. But when you look up, you can see probably a good 40 feet above you, there's this small, bright hole at the very top where you just fell down. You can feel yourself kind of kind of floating a little bit, but you start to sink as you're kind of, you got a lot of stuff on you, I'd imagine. But you're able to find the walls pretty quickly to kind of keep yourself buoyant. What are you doing down here? I checked myself to see I'm still in one piece. I'm yelling up back at the hole. Renil, Gilly, dang it. As I'm kind of been- like floating around, seeing if there's a way out. Okay, they eventually will hear you, but immediately as you just first fall, they don't hear you just yet. Uh, as you're swinging around, go ahead and roll uh, a scan. This is going to be ill-favored because it's effectively in the dark uh, as you you fell pretty far. Okay. I'm favored, so it'll just be neutral. Okay, we're all neutral then, yeah. Ooh, we're all Sauron. Did you know? Failure, yeah. Okay, good to know. Oh, yeah, I have a new method for tracking this. I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of the uh, the Foundry D20, or the Norse Foundry D20s I got, the big, uh, the big the ones. The boulders? And I'm going to track it that way, because I often forget to do this, because your starting score is much higher than it used to be now. So that means we're going to more quickly start to trigger various <laughs> moments. Now we are. I mean, you guys have a lot of famous weapons and armor now. That's so just how this you, works. You can't track this with a D6 anymore. We've got to track this with a D6. Well, I never now. tracked it with a D6 because it always has to get up to like 14 or 16 or 18, uh, something okay. like that, depending on the number. But now it's it's easier to track. Okay. Uh-oh. Floyd, you notice um you notice a few things. First of all, it, it stinks in here. Like you think at first maybe it might just be like some sort of silt or residue or something popping up, but then you realize as you start swimming around that you're bumping into other things. And you realize with kind of great horror that you are in a pit of boiling water and you can see what looks like mountain critters, a fox, a couple birds, all kind of floating here as well, uh, except they, unlike you, are, are not, were, were unable to find their way out. In addition to that, um, you notice too, like something, something, something starts to tug on your boot. You feel yourself kind of almost getting pulled down into the water. I sort of just kick it away. Oh no, I don't want to be this dwarf soup. And it's at this point, we'll say you look up and you see a, a very slight, change in the sky above you and you see two silhouetted heads looking down over the rim and we'll cut the gilly and arineal you look down you cannot really see too well all the way to the bottom it's about 40 feet down you see like some reflections you can definitely tell there's water down there because the light coming down from the sun it's kind of reflecting you can tell and then periodically floyd's been shouting and so you can kind of hear him sloshing around floyd floyd yeah. You alone down there? I think there's something here, but I can't see it. 
Well, Gilly's got her rope. We're going to get you out. So I'm ready to bring you, it down. Yeah, I would say at this point you can drop the rope. No okay. problem. Floyd, you start to climb it. I'm not going to make you roll athletics checks. This is fine. You can kind of get out. Uh, but however, when you get maybe about 10 feet up the rope, you hear like something sort of splash around in the water below you. And when you look down again, it's very hard for you. You don't have a torch out or a lantern out. This is really just like the, 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 the very narrow stream of sunlight coming down. But you see something burst out of the water and wrap its leg or excuse me, wrap its like some sort of tentacle or some sort of arm or whatever around your 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 boot at this point and so you're kind of stuck and you're being pulled and arenial and gilly you notice that he's he's not really making progress and not only that much like a fishing line arenial is maybe you have like the rope around your waist and you're kind of like holding yourself firm up here you can suddenly feel like this extra bit of weight sort of thrust you forward gilly maybe you grab as well but like you're not necessarily the strongest for this but you can tell something is is yeah. actively pulling against now I would like, say, an athletics test from Arineal to see if she can manage to kind of stay steady up here and not fall. Gilly, uh, can you get a light down there and see what something is something is pulling it, Floy? Uh, I don't know if my lantern would really shine down that far. I don't think so either. Um, and I, I'm not supposed to take him away from you. Uh, so if you dropped it, uh, we would have to sort of figure out some way for you to get it back. But let's just yeah. say let's not do that because I don't know how to justify yeah. you suddenly getting it back. Yeah, true, true, true. Geyser uh, explodes and it just pops it up. Okay, so you <laughs> manage to hold and you're just holding and pulling and pulling. And Floyd, you feel your boot rip off and then suddenly you start flying upward. Uh, as a renial, renial, you feel <laughs> the full like, force of flow. Well, yeah, falls and like back. A burst of like a burst of just at the same time, a burst of steam erupts from this geyser. Floy, you get erupted up out of this thing, and you land flopping on a renial and Gilly, missing a boot. Oh, it's gotten boot, not dog. What? It's boot. What was it? A creature of sorts. I couldn't see. Oh, it f- smells foul. Uh, there were some creatures in there. Unlucky. This this land of yours is it is changing from what it was. It is more porous. Uh, the mountains have shifted a bit. Should we should probably get further away from this in case the land still isn't safe. Speaking of, are you safe, all okay down there? Already, uh, <laughs> sort of look. Oh, 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 dang it! Good, good to see you are safely back on the. Yes, we're we're good. I got the ponies. That's that's so helpful. That was far more useful than I was going to describe, Daggett. So I'm glad you jumped <laughs> in on that, Stephen. <laughs> Eventually, you rejoin Daggett and the ponies. Uh, however, this mishap is what this was. Uh, you all gain two fatigue, and if the tested roll fails, I add one to the length of the journey, and the target, so this case Floyd, gains an additional fatigue. So Floyd takes three, Gillian Daggett take two, Arrhenio doesn't take any because of some BS. <laughs> but Jeff, I purposefully didn't help. I still take two? Yeah. 
<laughs> our uh, last rest, we Those, cleared out our fatigue, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You were you were resting long enough for roughly a month, so all of that would have oh. would have cleared out. Uh, and Daggett, man, I don't know what it is. Beat and Root, they just they're not getting along with Boot just yet, and there is a lot of. Two of them are tugging this way. Boot is tugging that way. And while everybody Boot's was struggling, I know, and they're biting, and, you, know, you know, Boot keeps trying to bite them. And so you were kind of having to keep getting pulled left and right. It was very exhausting up here all by yourself. Okay. Why'd you have to go and fall, Floy? Man, I'm so tired. <laughs> I like to imagine that by the time we got up there, the horses are fine. And so, like, Daggett just, like, looks out of breath. And it's like, what? what? What were you doing up here? Like the moment like we appear across the crest, boots on its best behavior, not biting anyone. <laughs> yes. So we'll say travel for a little bit longer. Uh you do eventually manage to say kind of get down towards one of these other friendly, uh friendly dwarven halls. Maybe you can get a replacement boot there. But this probably accounts for like an extra day that you had to spend kind of going back into not necessarily back to glad rock, but one of these others uh, along the routes that we have kind of left unnamed as of yet. Uh, and you managed to go in, find a boot, suffer a few, uh, a few jokes at your expense, Floyd, for losing your boot along the way. What kind of dwarf loses his boot on a mountain? And, uh, like, oh, Master Floy of Gladrock, I don't know if we have such shiny boots as you would want. That kind of thing. And that accounts for the extra day. Uh, so you all can basically move yourselves down. Uh, you guys control that map because I have to do it on the hex map. Uh, you can kind of move yourselves down. There you go. Perfect. Right towards the bend. You're essentially at that little hall on the map. Uh, Daggett, another travel roll, please. Yeah. Uh, I also got a question, Floyd. Did you just buy one more boot or did you buy a set so they match <laughs> a set clearly i i didn't know because you know sometimes you're trying to save money boy um, is rolling in the dough and never needs to worry about saving money yeah he doesn't like spending it though does he i, I guess he does. looks to upkeep <laughs> um so that is just barely a failure on the travel okay uh, all right, so then let me get the target. Uh, God, why it's is gonna it be next word? spring by the time we get to Harmelt at this rate? I know that's two in a row. Uh, okay, Arrhenial. Uh, it's gonna be the hunt. I need a hunting test. So we'll say a couple days pass as you start moving down the slope a bit. Uh, you manage to kind of get right to the right, like where the rocky edge of the of the of the of the mountain kind of turns into sort of more gentle sloping hills. Um, and the sky again, bright, but hot. The sun is just beating down and beating down. It's a, it's a stark contrast from the time that most of you spent, not just in Angmar, but up by Forest Shell, where the winds were kind of cutting through. Even at night, you're feeling this intense heat to the point where like dehydration starts to set in at times where you're kind of scrambling every day to find a new stream or brook. And some days go by where you don't find any at all. Uh, and even those that Floyd and Daggett would be familiar with near the near their homes, some of them are dried up. As it seems, the weather has kind of taken a, a disturbingly hot turn. Uh, Arunia, how would you do with your hunting? Failed. You are you spend a, a not insignificant amount of time, uh, kind of out in the in the hills one day. Uh, you're looking around for 
sort of any signs of any signs at all of uh, of game. And you even notice uh, as you start looking around, maybe trying to track some like wild hair or something like that, you find yourself curiously sort of from one hill into this long sort of like flattened ground you actually see what looks like a farmstead sort of spreads out probably about a mile up ahead you know vision you know like you can see quite easily you've you've passed by before maybe not this exact route but you don't recall it uh, necessarily passing by this but you're also very hungry but you can see that from a distance, it looks like the farm seems to be in decent shape. There's a handful of crops that seem to be have been recently tended to. You can see that there's a, a barn that is, uh, you know, of modest size. Uh, and also what looks to be a cottage nearby that is, which you think, judging from it, in some state of extension being built on top of it, like right to the next, to the, sort of like the, the north of it, like they're building and expanding. But you don't see anybody moving about anywhere. It's middle of the day. So it is kind of curious not to see anyone active at about. Uh, but you do see food. What would you like to do? So Arunia will kind of come back to the group and you just kind of see her in, you know, kind of that like basketball player end of the game. We're just kind of like leaning over, kind of hands on knees. Just, I've... I have failed us today. There's just nothing that I can find. But I did locate a farm, perhaps. I prefer for us to find our own food and make our own way. But I think today might be a day that we might try to rely on the generosity of others. Though I, I didn't immediately see anyone there. But I think perhaps we... Knock on a door. For sure. We could trade them anything. Trade or perhaps maybe offer some labor. I think, oh, she sort of kind of wipes her brow. Like, oh, yes, I suppose we can do that. Um, hope there is someone there. So we'll traipse up to the. Is everybody doing this, or is Daggett even doing this? Or yeah, is he staying I mean, back? okay. All right. I'll probably offer to pay for the food with a few coins rather than do the labor, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So you descend down the hill. You kind of journey the probably half a mile it was to get to this farm. Maybe you even curve through what looks to be a path uh, that uh, that kind of splits down some of their some of the crops. And again, everything looks to be in, in good working order. There's a few fences here and there, which you imagine uh, have uh, tried to keep out, you know, certain critters and such from the plains or, you know, foxes or such coming down from the uh, from the mountains. And when you get up towards the cottage, uh, you notice that there appears to be a wagon here kind of fixed up, a pull wagon, not necessarily one for... Uh, like, like drawn by you know oxen or horses, but more just something kind of like a push cart or a pull cart for people. Uh, it looks to have what you think is like a hand. You know, there's a handful of sacks and such in it. Uh, you can see on the outs on the outside of the cottage itself, there is a very lovely bench that seems to have been very 
nicely crafted. Uh, I would say Floy and Daggett specifically, you might even kind of tell that at the foundation uh, of this cottage, there looks to be some pretty very nicely laid, laid stone as well. And then kind of the walls and up to the roof is more uh, is more wood and thatch. And you can see off to the barn itself is maybe about 30 or 40 feet away uh, from the for the main cottage. You knock on the door. A few moments go by. And uh, and there's no answer. I'll uh, open the door. Hello? Knock, knock. So as Gilly goes to knock and call hello, Daggett just pushes the door open. I heard you. Gilly falls inside. Uh, <laughs> I'm not leaning on the door. <laughs> well, you no, lean for the in. knock, and then <laughs> Daggett pushes you. <laughs> I put the door. my full weight in my knock. Apparently, <laughs> it looked the way you were RPing the knock. I thought you were going in for like a banging on the door. So the door opens up. It's a very modest, very small cottage. You can see that there has been a sheet that has been hung down kind of the middle and you can see there's kind of a sort of a, a, a sleeping area off to one side and sort of like a cooking and prep area off to the other. Uh, you, you don't notice anyone inside. Uh, there's no one here. Uh, you do notice that there is like where there has been a kind of a, a window cut into like the northern part of the cottage. Uh, there's been like a curtain draped over top of it. A renewal, you would know that's kind of like where the extension seems to be going. Like they're trying to build the cottage out to some degree. Uh, you see a couple there again, much like the, much like the bench outside, very nice wooden chairs. Well, well crafted. Uh, but you see no one here. You see a couple pots and pans. Uh, there is a stove, uh, but when you check it, it's not warm, uh, but you don't see anything else. Renia will want to fan out kind of around the property and okay. just more broadly search for uh, folks. Sure. What are the rest of you doing at this point while she does that? I'll just drop a few coins on like a counter and just take whatever I need in the field or we need. Okay. So you kind of well reach in. I here have a roof over our head. This is somebody's. They're probably out for a moment. They could be out hunting. When they get back, we can ask them for their hospitality. It's probably best not to invite ourselves to their home. I mean, the barn, maybe. Okay. I'll unsaddle the ponies in the barn then. Get them all groomed and everything. Okay. Uh, so, Orineal, you're out scouting about. Awareness is probably good enough. Gilly, what are you doing throughout all of this? Um, After, like, uh, not finding one inside, she'll probably go the opposite way that Orineal goes to help cut down the okay. time for the scouting. Sure. Uh, so, I say, Orineal, why don't you go ahead and just take a bonus die. We can just do the one die. Uh, the one roll for that. Uh, Floy... Are you going through with the leaving, you know, a couple fancy coins or nuggets of, of silver or something like that? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, and then Daggett, you're, you're kind of leading the ponies over, over towards the barn. Yeah. All right. All right. Everybody will uh, tell me about that roll. How'd it go? Uh, so I rolled a Gandalf, no other successes. Okay. Uh, you, when you move about, um, at one point, uh, you, you and Gilly are like, as you're kind of coming together on, we'll say the Southern side of this farm on the far edge of this, these row of, of crops, which again, they definitely seem to be tended. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be overgrown. You're not necessarily sure. I would say Gilly, especially having grown up in like near Coombe and, and Bree, you're probably a little bit more familiar with farming. And you can see, you can probably tell that maybe somebody hasn't, you know, taken to their chores for the day, but it certainly looks like these have at least been tended to recently, uh, if not today. But as the two of you are, are kind of coming together, like, did you see anything? Did I, you know, did you see anything? Uh, you see suddenly, like, from one of the fields, this burst of blackbirds just erupt into the sky and just fly offward to the northeast, uh, kind of startling both of you. Uh, and Gilly takes off running towards where they burst from. Okay. You and run in. Radio will run after Gilly. Okay, you run in, uh, and you see that there is kind of like a, a bald spot, so to speak, within the field uh, where some of the some of the various like vegetables and things have been kind of sort of eaten out here and there. Or some of the uh, some of the plants themselves have, have been kind of affected. But you don't notice anything like there's no there's nothing here. There's no like if these weren't you're not sure if these were carrion birds or what, but there's like no animal carcass. There's no. Nothing that kind of really throws you into a concern other than it just looks like it kind of ruined a section of the field. Hey, Dad, so this, it's always dealing with birds like this ruining his fields. I <sighs> never we'll been to one make- to take to farming, but it does sound like you are at the mercy of the weather and the fowl. Scarecrows help, but they don't have any out for some reason. Maybe maybe their dad didn't teach them about scarecrows. I could recommend some books that they should probably probably read. You, you might. So you, you might be right. It, it seems like they've been here recently, just not. It is concerning. Uh, I I don't I don't know. They could just be out hunting. Maybe back. Do we shortly. wait? At least until morning. And Arania would just sort of scan the, not venturing farther, but just sort of scan the tree line a bit, just to see if there's anything. Just oh, there's beyond, no tree line. Beyond the uh, the farm area, just kind of the. There's no tree line. These are it's sort of gentle rolling hills. There's a tree here or there scattered, uh, but there's no tree line. There's nothing that I would say is a forest. Maybe a, a couple scattered copses of trees here and there, like three or four kind of grouped together on the t- a top or a, a side one hill. But uh, you, you, there's nothing that would suggest like a lot of like a, a lot of a lot of uh, trees in one one location together. Uh, but you do see that big blot of black of the those those blackbirds just sort of 
flying off in mass eastward. I'm going to cut over to Daggett. Daggett, you're you're leading the ponies over to the barn. You got to open the barn, but you realize the barn is barred. Like not from the outside, but as you try to open it up, you realize there's like you're you're trying to kind of like pull it open, trying to kind of like take the you know take the doors themselves. Everything's again well crafted. Uh, it doesn't look particularly old either. And you're trying to pull it open, but it just it's like stuck or jammed in some way. Um, I'll do a walk around to the barn, see if there are any windows or a door on the other side. You do notice on the other side there is kind of a small kind of hayloft sort of window on the on a second level. That's the only other opening you see. Um, I don't really want to break this person's door down. Um, so would there be like a ladder or anything nearby? Maybe. Do not see one. Uh, there were some chairs and a bench that you might be able to drag over, or even the push That's cart that you saw. Work. I think <laughs> I would just uh lead the ponies back to the house and uh try to find somewhere to tie them off there and I'll regroup with Floyd. Easily enough. So you tie off the ponies, find a, a bit of shade maybe on the probably the, the at this day, at this time of day, maybe the the eastern edge as the sun is still above and kind of about to dip to the west. Um Floyd were you trying to get something from inside the house, or were you? What, what, what were you going to do after you left some nuggets of? of I was silver? collecting whatever crop in the field I could for a meal. Okay, uh, so yeah, you start. Yeah, you, you'll collect some some basic stuff like some carrots and things like that. Not all of it's in particularly great condition. It's probably still needs some time to mature or whatever. Uh, but you find a few things that will at least hold you over for the day. Uh, nothing, you know, modest pickings. After a few minutes, we'll say Arineal and Gilly return. All of you are kind of outside this cottage. And uh, you have a few a few bits of food. Uh, you have that giant cloud in the sky, that black cloud moving away from you. Uh, and other than that, it's a still day. There's no wind whatsoever. You look down and you can see like there's there's nothing. It's just an absolute hot late afternoon summertime day anything you all are doing the once everyone's together that barn it's barred from the inside maybe something fell and it's blocking the doors well is there a window we could peek through uh there's a hayloft but we'd have to get up it it's fairly high up Perhaps we just need to be boosted. Uh, we could bring the bench over. I'm a dwarf and you're a hobbit. I think even if I boost you. I mean, Arineal could boost me. Perhaps. Yes, I could. And Maybe. we could we could wheel that cart over. And I could stand in the cart and boost you from there. I think we should That's try That's what you'd like? Let's go. Okay. What if they have... What if they have, like, a cow or something? Or a goat, Floy? Oh, some milk would be nice. I'll get a meal going. Yell if you need me. 
stuff. Ernie will uh, wheel the cart over to the side of the barn with the window. Sure. I'm as- imagining the standard MMO video game moment where everyone jumps at the same time and someone runs underneath. So you make a tower of the players <laughs> get higher and higher. So who's climbing in? Uh, Arineal is going to stand on top of the cart and boost Gilly up. Gilly's going so in. to steady the cart. No problem at all. No problem at all. No roll needed. Gilly, As you're able to perfect plan. Go ahead. As we're walking, Gilly's informing Daggett. So when we were back in Bree, uh, when we first started on our adventure, um, Floyd actually upset quite a few people because he was constantly harassing her for milk from his goats. So if you ever need to, like, impress Floyd, offer him some goat milk. I did not know he was so fond of it. I will remember that. Thank you. It's Gilly. It's been so long since he's had fresh goat milk. And then, um, but yeah, but she boosts her up and, and she's hoping to find a goat. Climb inside. It's very dark, but you have your lantern. So we'll say you, you pop up your lantern. Uh, it's, it's a modest sized bar, nothing particularly large. You see a couple stalls. You see some tools that have been affixed to the, uh, to the walls on the inside. Uh, you, uh, you smell is, is definitely an animal smell in here. Uh, it smells a little ripe at the same time. Um, when you look down from the second level, you do see some some movement in a stall or two, uh, and you also notice a, a, some in, in here some like little kind of moving uh, moving about. And you look down and you can see that there are in fact two goats uh, that seem to be tethered to one wall. Uh, they're kind of moving about here and there. You can say they're kind of moving a little gingerly. Uh, but as the light kind of shines down, their eyes kind of come up and you can see like the weird glow, uh, the vertical slit of the pupil and they just kind of look up at you. Meh. Meh. They nice. look, they look, the problem is, is though, as you look at them, they look, they look a little sickly or malnourished. Oh, you guys have been tied up in here all day. Let's... And and so Gilly will climb down to get the barn open to allow okay. more more light and see what's blocking it. Yeah, when you get to the door, you do notice that it has this. It's not a lock. Some it is. It's been barn like something. There's like a there's like a, a series of boards that have been uh-huh. set up on the inside to prevent the door being opened. Like you can see that someone intentionally barred this from the inside. It's easy enough for you to undo. That's not a problem. Uh, and you're able to easily enough and pull the barn door open and then light kind of just washes in. Not a lot as it's getting evening time now and you're and this is sort of like a southeasternly facing. Uh, this is really weird. It was like barred from the inside, like intentionally. It wasn't like something accidentally fell down and blocked the door. Oh, it's... It's often not a good idea to undo a block, but who would have blocked it from the inside? I, I don't know. Uh, and, and Gilly's going to start looking around in the stalls and stuff to see if there's anyone else inside aside from these two goats. Roll a scan test. Can I help her with this? 
Sure. Let's take an extra die for that. Bonus die. Daggett, you doing anything? Floor, I know you're off cooking, but Daggett, are you doing anything? Uh, I would be like nearby and watching, but I wouldn't necessarily be assisting. Fair enough. Just a ordinary success. Okay. Uh, so you're looking again, very modest size barns, not very large at all. Uh, but you do see what looks essentially like four stalls. There's a couple dividers here and there. The, uh, the goats were, were essentially in the same and they were tethered with ropes from their collars, you know, from their, from their necks to what looked like a railing on the wall, uh, to keep them. Cause you would know a goat could very easily hop its way up and kind of leave out the top of the barn. Um, you notice what looks like some some cages uh, that that have some feathers left in them, probably chicken cages and stuff. But you see no signs of cages themselves, no signs of chickens themselves. Uh, and you find like kind of scattered across like the ground, the floor of the barn. Uh, there is like you know they're kind of these wooden planks, but over top of it, uh, there are you know it's like some some straw and some dirt and stuff. Um, and you notice like there's just a lot of a lot of animal, you know, animal feces in here. You can tell like the goats have probably been in here for maybe two, three days or so. And it's just, no one's really tended to it much, much like when you were out kind of looking around the crops, it has been tended, but not today. Maybe not yesterday. No one's really done their recent chores, but they've done chores within the last week or two. And sort of the same vibe here, but other than like these cages, missing chickens and, these sickly-looking goats. Nothing really in, stands out other than the barring of the door. Could someone have barred the door and then left through the hayloft? And Arinia will look back just to see, like, would that have been physically possible to get out the hayloft? But, but why? No, it would be strange behavior, but how else... There's no one else in here. It's the only way out. I do see the logic in that. Um, perhaps it was just to keep their livestock from wandering off. I mean, they're sickly. Uh, Gilly's gonna... Uh untie the goats and tie them to a post outside so they can graze on some grass. Okay, sure. And yeah, you, you lead them out and like they're, they're a little, like you can tell, like they're, they're malnourished. They probably had water for a bit or food and they, they're kind of shaking here and there. Um, but you tend to them, find them a spot, maybe give them an elongated chunk of rope to let them start feeding on these little mm -hmm. patches of dried grass. Like it's very hot doesn't look like things have been watered. You can start munching on a few flowers and things as well. Um, and uh, eventually I'll say that the, at this point, as this is all happening, the sun is, is, is effectively behind the blue mountains on the West. And you can still see like the orange glow of it. Like uh, that's kind of creating this outline of the mountains, but it's get, it's getting darker uh, on the, on the farm itself. Arineal, so I, and I just want to make sure that I got this. So there was, did we look close enough at the floor to see if there was anything under the barn floor? Because I know there was like hay that's kind of scattered along the wood planks um, just to see if there's like a, a hiding spot or something in this barn because we're still curious about how it was barred from the inside. 
Okay, so Orineal, you go inside. You start kind of sweeping the, the straw and the dirt and stuff away, and you see these long planks of, of wood. Like, you can tell they've been they've been playing themselves. Like, whoever did this did it themselves. Like, it's a very... And this isn't like they reclaimed anything. Uh, you did see some scattered trees around the hillside. So likely they probably did all this themselves. And as you start to lift them up and move around, you do notice that underneath the floor bed here, there is sort of this square dug pit, like this hole that goes down about, about five feet deep uh, and probably about seven or eight feet long and about four or five feet wide. And you don't, as you as you kind of pull the planks off, you don't notice anyone or anything inside of it. It looks completely empty. Uh, Gilly, uh, would you mind uh, a little light? I want to look at this a little bit more closely. There's a hole underneath the, the ground. You're muted. Oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. And she'll come in with her lantern. Come in with the Let's... lantern. You, sh- you shine it over the ledge. Uh, mm-hmm. Arinia, why don't you make a scan test this time? As Gilly has already kind of given it a task. Again, there's that kind of a, kind of a, a, a very foul smell in here. Uh, it is airing out a bit with the barn door being open and the window of the barn being open as well, like the kind of the hayloft window. Would we recognize it as like corpses or death at all? Mm, uh, you guys would be able to recognize that for sure, but that's not the smell you're getting. Okay. Um, what about illness? Because Gilly spent all that time with sick people in, um, uh, what was it, Forlorn? Uh, help- she was helping out. With the with the healer there, uh, and mm-hmm. then also the encampment of the people who had um, leprosy. You didn't spend any time with the people. Not really. With leprosy. No. You were there for like five minutes, and then they let you free. And, and Forlon, Forlon wasn't really. It was mostly that kind memory of issues. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I would say that like maybe that's that's certainly probably the where maybe Gilly would be going with it, especially looking at the the goat and everything. But there's there's nothing that. There's nothing. There's not enough here for you to confirm that. I would say. Okay, got it. Uh, how'd you do, Renio? Uh, failed because I rolled a Sauron. Okay. Did you now? Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and just take this little <laughs> D twenty, move that up a little bit there. Thank you very much, Norse Foundry. I'm scared. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll say. Looking, you got the light over. You're looking down. You see, it's a, it's a. The walls are clearly sheared like meaning like it's it's a relatively flat on each side like rectangular pit but you don't notice anything really in it nothing really kind of stands out in any particular way when you say rectangular Hmm? like rectangular like you would bury something in here that rectangular Normally, when you dig holes, it is to bury something, but it's like it's maybe about th- like, like like I said, around four feet wide and maybe about seven feet long, and then it's a good five feet mm. or so deep. Okay, and it doesn't go anywhere. You said it's just a hole; it's not a tunnel. Doesn't look so. 
Can I get down in it? Sure. You want to hop down in it? Yes. You hop down in it. And like maybe you kind of get down in your hands and knees for a moment and you're kind of like looking for any signs that this might be uh, this might be a tunnel. This might lead somewhere else. And as you're down here, like Gilly's got the lantern, but you just feel this like swath of darkness just sort of pull over top of you. And you can't really see anymore to the point where maybe you even like command Gilly. But when you look back, you don't see Gilly. In fact, you don't see the barn at all. You just see what just appears to be like this blackness. And you hear this little sound begin to waft up from that darkness. And it's a familiar sound. It's that same kind of dark and strange whispering. And as you're like looking back up, you feel little flecks of like dirt and debris kind of fall on your face, kind of get into your eyes. You blink them away. And when you open them back up, there you are staring at Gilly. Moment having passed, lantern bright in your face. Nope, nope, nope. This doesn't go anywhere, but I would like to leave. That's, uh, nope. Oh, okay. And she'll like lift her arm up looking for a boost. Yeah. And, and Gilly attempts. Grab your hand and you pull her in. You... <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, it's that it's that uh, darkness and that uh, those sounds again. And, and the birds and something is amiss. Oh, okay. Well, we're kind of stuck here tonight. Uh, unless we want to travel in the dark. No, well, sleep in shifts as we do, but I am not hopeful for the fate of the residents here. Oh. Did we look in the house to see if there was any, like, signs of them leaving? You can go do that now if you want, and you don't see any signs of that. You actually see their belongings. You see changes of clothes. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any children's clothes here. This definitely looks like like adult-aged folk. Not only that, but it's actually human folk. You can tell just from looking, which is a little peculiar uh, at this you know this close to the to the Blue Mountains. Floyd Daggett, like you're probably not a hundred percent familiar with. There being like if if there was like a human settlement or a human home like in the foothills of the Blue Mountains, at some point you'd probably know about it. This is not necessarily known as as a, as a particularly busy busy travel, um, but I would say neither of you are, are are familiar with that. Now it is a few, like maybe probably about a week south of where both of your main halls are, like where where Crackstone and Gladrock are, uh, but at the same time. You haven't heard of anything like this. This is all very peculiar, just very odd. Floy, what have you uh, cooked up for us over there? Just a bit of a stew. Found anything interesting? Found some goats much in need of food, a barn that was barred from the inside hole in the ground 
seems connected to the darkness, the shadow. But no sign of the inhabitants of this home. It's a shame. We'll bar it for the night. Hopefully they return. At least we'll have a roof over our heads. Okay, so you guys are, are sleeping in the cottage overnight? Is that what I'm I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you eat the stew. Uh you uh it's basically whatever vegetables you could find. There was like kind of like a, a little herb garden in the back of the cottage as well. You can kind of grab some things from that as well. Piece it together. It's pretty good can compared to what you might have had might have to eat sometimes when you're on the road. Uh and the night passes uneventfully. However, uh, when you wake up in the morning, you look around and it's very bright in the cottage. And Floyd and Gilly and Daggett, you see no signs of a renewal. Uh, uh, do, you, do you think she woke up early to go hunting? Could be. She was supposed to... This was her shift. Uh, maybe she's outside. She's capable. I'm sure she's handling herself fine. I just... It's its weird that she, she didn't let us know if she was leaving. Uh, if you were, we can have a look around. Yeah, her things are yeah. still here. Her things are still here. Like You can still see like her normal bedroll laid out on the ground. You can see her weapons and her pack, all that kind of stuff. You just don't see her. And like, I'm sure she just that- didn't want to wake you, Gilly. I, I guess. Uh, I guess I'll go check on the goats. You go outside to check on the goats, and you see that they are lying on their sides in the ground. And when you get close, you realize that their bellies have burst. And both of them appear to be dead and you can see that their stomachs have ruptured and kind of spilled off onto the ground oh my oh my god uh and and Gilly will just like I guess they should be buried and she's gonna start dragging him to the barn because there's that hole there already get over to the barn and you realize that the barn door is once more closed and once more barred. What is, what is that? Uh, and she'll start yelling for Floyd and Daggett. I would have gone out around the same time. I might not have been in the same scene, but I would have gone out to look like Floyd said. Okay. Uh, looking around, um, Daggett, I'll say, if you're like you, I mean, maybe you went a different direction. Gilly went out towards the check specifically on the goats. Maybe you just did sort of like what Arineal and Gilly did earlier, kind of just like a quick inspection. And as you're walking around, you are startled by the sudden burst of about a hundred black birds lifting up from within one of these small patches of crops and then flying off in mass to the east. I'm sure that's totally normal. That's the uh, second time we've seen that. 
I'll carefully, cautiously uh, start heading towards where they were and look for anything that might have spooked them. When you head over and you look on the ground, you look for any signs of what might have spooked them, you realize it's probably you who spooked them. But when you look at the ground near, you just see that a, a huge chunk of these crops have just been torn through. You don't see any carcass. You don't see any signs of blood or anything like that to suggest that they were feasting on something. But again, you just see this huge, horrible, you know, this horrible swash of, uh, of kind of destruction. Uh, you see some, you know, some usual kind of crop insects kind of crawling over top of, uh, of the residue of it. Uh, but other than that, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing that would alarm you in- instantly. I'd call out towards Gilly. I don't think she's over here. You see her anywhere? No, but the goats are dead in the barn's barred. Again? Yes. Help me get in here. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I'll help move the cart over and take a perennial spot trying to boost. Okay. Floyd, what are you doing while this is happening? Packing your things. <laughs> <laughs> making another it's the most prudent man I've, oh, it's this crazy. place hates humans and we're not humans but. yeah we seem fine we're cool <laughs> okay uh, yeah so you go through the same process you're able to push the it's a little it's a little trickier this time because you don't have a Rineal's height but you're still able to do it between uh, you know between the the actual cart and Daggett's shoulders and Gilly you can kind of pop up and, yeah you, you put the lantern on and you can see that the barn is sort of put back in the way it was when you first arrived. That series of uh, of kind of, of of barricades and blocks that you uh, that you had that you had found and kind of had to undo to uh, to gain access is back in the exact place, blocking it. You see the floorboards that you and Arineal had kind of removed are back in place, and the straw and the dirt are over top. Uh, the only thing that's different is that there's no goats in here any longer. And Gilly will hop down, open the barn again, uh, and call for Daggett to help her remove these boards. We need to bury these these poor goats. And I figured we should just use the hole. Should should we not find a Rennial first? Uh, I mean, I, if you want to start searching, I'll I'll do this. If you want to keep looking around, and then I'll help once this is done. I just don't want them to attract anything. I want to search the barn, because the logical thought would be that Arenial might be hiding somewhere in the barn and barred it. Playing a prank on us, because she's mischievous like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch the first half. What were you doing, Daggett? Uh, I would like to search the barn. Okay. Uh, so it's not... Yes, you can go scan test. Uh, ooh, that is a Gandhi and an additional success. Okay. You start looking around. Uh, you don't, again, there's not a whole lot in here to suggest, like, there's, like, easy hiding spots. But... You start to sort of sweep away the ground. You notice some of the tools 
are moved around a bit here or there. Like they're not necessarily in the same positions maybe that they were yesterday. Uh, like a hammer has been moved over there. Looks like a shovel has been moved over there. Like just Everything's just kind of slightly off as if somebody has kind of messed around with the tools at some point. And as you're like walking around on the ground, you just feel like the floorboards just sort of sink a little bit. And then like an echo happens and you hear like a little scratch. And you kind of look around and you're looking and you're looking. And Gilly's not doing anything. And you hear it again, just like this little scratch. You start to move the floorboards off just like Gilly wanted to, to dump the bodies in. And that's when you find Arineal laying in this pit. Eyes closed. You can see her hands are kind of up near her face. You can see that there's blood kind of covering where her fingernails are. And you can see she's just sort of in this mindless scratching. And as like as you remove the board, her arm just kind of pushes upward even further. And it flops down. Oh. Uh, what are you doing in there? Get her I'll out grab of there. her arm and pull her out. Arineal, make a wisdom test, please. Okay, let's see. Uh, let me do math. 5, 10, 14. Yep, got a 17 over 16. Okay, as you get... As, as like as Daggett and Gilly, you reach down, you grab her as you're pulling her out. She's she, her eyes are clearly closed. She's her hands are kind of moving in this sort of strange pattern. She's got blood on her fingers. Suddenly, Arinul, you burst awake. You have no memory of what happened, and you look around and you see you're in this weird pit beneath the floorboards of the barn that you remember from yesterday. Your fingers, your fingers hurt terribly. You look down, you see some of your nails have split. Your back is sore and cold. And you see Daggett and Gilly kind of staring at you. What what are you what are you doing? What are, what are we you doing? doing? I I don't When I, did you leave and get in this hole? I, I really, that's weird. This is a very strange joke to play. I don't joke. I admit I do not understand the punchline. I I was keeping watch, as agreed. Arunil, we woke up and you were gone. And I... I I went in there? We need, we need to leave. Wait, I... Why... What happened to my hands? You You were clawing at the boards. I don't, I, I don't remember my, oh, my back. And, and Gilly will kind of like gra grab you by like your elbow and like lead you out of the barn. <laughs> uh, Was the barn just open? No, you barred yourself inside. That... We, we need to leave this place. This is... Nothing... Nothing good has happened here. When you step and out into the sun, Arineal, you feel like the that cold swath on your back 
actually gets even colder for a moment and like you can feel just like this piercing iceness just like rip into your skin and it's like this intense pain it quickly fades and you feel yourself growing warmer but it's just it's so so peculiar oh uh uh Kelly could you uh could you look at my back I just I don't, there's a coldness. Without preamble, Gilly will just lift up your shirt. <laughs> like from the back. Whoa, <laughs> hang on. PG-13, please. No, oh, we got to get censorship clothes. bars ready before He's this. You know, that's a whole production thing. Ooh, calm down. What would the yeah, dwarves it, think there, Gilly? Jeez. <laughs> um, Remember, Gilly decided she doesn't want dwarf children. (laughs) (laughs) Gilly, you see a wound, actually. Uh, And it's a wound, the type of wound you've seen before. When you all were in Gull, you were fighting those echoes. Uh, They were using those strange spikes and icy blades. And whenever they would cut, they wouldn't just like physically cut, but it would kind of create this this sort of cool or cold burn along the skin. uh, Almost... Almost kind of creating like a like a, like a frost uh, what's it called frostburn yeah like a frostburn kind of effect and that's what she has uh, so in she's a renewal in a yeah frostbite thank you that's that's what I was trying to think uh, a renewal you uh, also will take four points of damage oh gosh Oy. um could you could you lay down on your stomach uh, this this needs. I, I need to treat this. This what? This what? It just I I you it was asleep. I don't know, Arenial. But what? I don't I don't. And know. she's doing that thing where like she can't see her own back, so she's. Like, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Gilly? You're you f- reach down. Maybe you get the pearl of of a Calibrion out, and you kind of you're, you're reaching down with maybe some pulses, scissor things to try uh-huh. uh, to try to clean it, and you watch as the skin cracks and you hear in your in your brain the sound of like this cascading effect of ice ice cracking you're you're you not st- you're, uh, yeah you, you should not be cracking uh you're, what are you talking about I'm not cracking uh, it uh, hurts it's cold i i i uh, and like she's just slathering poultice on it and she's just Mm-hmm. Gilly's panicking. Gilly, it feels cold to your hand when you, you kind of reach down there. It feels like you're touching ice. Are you still cold? How are you still this cold? Uh, Daggett, we need a fire. She's freezing. I, I am not nearby, actually. I'm still okay. in the barn. She's I, yelling. I, I don't, don't... Fire's not... It just this is... Arenial, you're gonna... You, you could... You could you're so cold. You're hearing cracking that's not here. I'm hearing sounds it's that aren't just like here. When we were in Othrangol. I hear it again. I I'm hearing sounds too. Maybe movement. Movement keeps you warm. And so she's just gonna Thank you for the the the, the process. Not, yes, hold on, and and then she'll finish like wrapping you up. 
Daggett, what have you been doing? And Floyd, what have you been doing? I finished packing a walkout. Like, is something wrong? Uh, we found, we found a Rineal. She's wounded. Really? She looks fine. Uh, I bandaged it. That sounds good enough. Are we ready? Or are we farmers now? No, we are, we are not staying here a yeah, second longer than leave. we need to. I, I somehow, from sleepwalking into a, a pit, have a, a wound on my back that is quite frigid. I'd like to move and get warmed up. And let us gather. Where's Daggett? While they are out there, as soon as like we pulled Arenial out and Gilly took her out of the barn, um, Daggett would have just kind of looked at her leaving, looked down the hole under the floorboards, and I just want to start ripping up every floorboard I can in this barn, especially in like the middle of the barn, maybe finding the previous residence. I don't know. Tear up all the floorboards. No issues with doing that whatsoever. You don't find anything underneath them, actually. It's just earth. Uh, you don't see any more holes. The one thing I'll say you notice is that the the boards that were over top of Arineal have many, many scratch marks in them. And some of them are brand new and smothered in her blood, but some of them are much older. Yeah, I won't bother putting them back or anything just at that point i'll uh leave them in a pile and go out to join everyone what were you doing in the barn nothing don't worry about it how how are you are you okay not really but standing around does nothing for a cold back so i think we should you're fit to travel Move along. I am not fit to stay here. That is certain. Well, let's be gone. Okay. You just pack your things up. Very eerie situation. Maybe you take care of the, the ghosts just to be good. Yeah. Uh, but eventually we'll say by my just past lunch, you're able to leave this place extended like the, the the time here basically extended your your travel again a uh, bit of a mishap uh everyone take two points of fatigue your sleep here was not refreshing in the least uh the food was not did not sit well with anyone uh it it felt fine going down but for the next day or two you your stomachs are upset you you have trouble like each day when you wake up, you just feel cramps and pain. We won't get too gross with it, but you 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 struggle for a few days. I wondered about that with the like growing in that land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there were gonna be side effects from that. Last it's, time it's we mo- let Floyd cook. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly just uncomfortable, uh, since you only ate one meal. Okay. Uh and then we can go ahead and return to our, our journey phase. Uh, and we will go back to Daggett, as it's been a couple of strange days. It has been. We do have a couple of audience if we want to actually succeed at one of these roles. 
But this is yeah, so much more fun. I can't believe we're an hour and a half in and we've barely gotten. I was like, oh, we'll just do a whole journey. <laughs> right. Like we'll be done in two hours and then boom, like we're we've know. we've had some uh, bad things happen. Okay. Uh there's honestly nothing more fun for me than just throwing a weird, creepy abandoned farmhouse in the way. I did the same thing at Deadlands, and it was just like one of the best sessions we had at Deadlands. And it's just like everyone's just kind of creeped out by it. like, what the hell? Why isn't anyone here? Uh all right, so uh, Dak, go I ahead and roll travel. Took the audience die, and okay. that is okay. two successes. Look at oh, you, thanks. look at you. Okay, thanks, so audience. let me count that off. All right, you're not going to quite get across the river yet, uh, but you're close. So you can go ahead and basically move your tokens to just west of the river uh, on the map for me, please. So you're in that forest. This is not the first time you've traveled through that forest. Gilly, Arineal, you remember specifically as you were traveling through this forest, you did see a, like a small hamlet of folks, you know, like, like we're talking 12 to 20 people, something really small grouping, but you did notice huts and things, you know, tents and such. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily taking the exact same route, but you do remember that there were people in here. And then even longer ago, sometime last year, is uh, I think the first time you traveled to the halls, uh, you this was sort of after your time in Eskerdale. Uh, you did encounter some goblins uh, along along the stretch of the River Loom, a little bit further north, uh, and you and you kind of dispatched them pretty pretty quickly and easily. Uh, and then this is also the same river where Soren Deer kind of had a venture off by himself once, and when he was sort of peeking or inspecting at this bloated orc corpse that had been floating down the river, a burst of spiders came out and just started kind of biting him all over. And he nearly died to poison before you all were able to, to find him uh, essentially at the last second. So it is kind of a tense, a little tense moment. The last couple of days, you haven't really been sleeping well. Uh, you, you've been sick. There's probably been some vomiting here and there. And I would say everyone's a little on edge, as you know that these this this stretch of forest is not without its dangers. Uh, so it comes as no surprise then that the target for this event is the lookout. So Gilly, go ahead and give me that awareness test. I should probably uh, I fill that that void great sometimes. Success. Great success. Okay. Um, it is actually a very, not just a very simple time spent in this forest. You you feel like it's not really a a moment where you felt a great deal. Uh, like like I would say, when you got here, you felt some apprehension, mm-hmm. but in this strange kind of inversion of that farmstead where you feel this safety and you feel this familiarity that just went bad. It's the opposite here where you're kind of wandering around for a bit, checking to make a camp, maybe climbing up a tree, scouting for this or scouting for that. You don't see any signs of, of any of the, of anyone else around here. The hunting is good. Uh, not only, not so much hunting, but fishing, I would say, originally you're probably able to, yep. you have yep. your fishing net, pull that out you, you find a, a, a healthy spot along the west bank of the loon and you're able to, to, to pull up some fish for the night. And for the first time in a few days, all of you, you see, you know, you, you kind of feel yourselves kind of grow healthy once more as it's been a very sickly few, a few days. 
within the, the sort of the, the shadow of the trees, like you're getting a break from some of the heat. You have fresh water in the loon right here. It's all just kind of a very wonderfully refreshing moment. If you've spent any hope, the joyful sight of these schools of fish, uh, the, the look of the, the sun as it kind of rises over the water, you can restore one point of hope. I think we're all full from wrestling, though. That happens. Yep. <laughs> that it's happens. Still nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> and not have an upset tummy anymore. Okay. Daggett, you can go ahead and roll that tra next travel test. Is this was a very right. simple thing. Yeah. I will not take the audience die this time because we're feeling more confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I got to do math. This one's going to be close. Uh, great success. I needed okay. an 18. I got 18 on the dot with the six. So fording or getting across the river does take a little time. Uh, the current is fast enough that swimming would be difficult uh, without kind of getting rid of all your things. The ponies are, are a situation that like, it's a little too deep, and so they would kind of need to, to sort of wander across. So you do spend a decent amount of time moving up and down uh, the, the western coast looking for a shallow point where you might be able to get the ponies across without them having to literally swim to just sort of walk and lead them. Uh, more than once, Boot probably gives you some fits, kind of snaps away at you. I would say Root and Beat have been after this a little bit longer, so it's not as difficult, but they are sluggish as well. More than likely, they probably ate some stuff too from the farm. Um, but you're able to get across. When you do get to the other the, the other side, you find this like landing. It's almost like a beach landing, uh, as you see like sand kind of extend, this like kind of dark... Uh, dark sand and then kind of com comes up to these sort of smooth river stones it almost looks as though the water is is kind of at a low tide so to speak like as if there might be some drought conditions since you've since you've traveled it hasn't rained once you actually haven't seen a cloud in the sky other than that flock of uh, of dark birds as you're kind of on the other on the eastern side of the river and you're um you're kind of maybe drying your things you get like a uh, a fire going and kind of wringing out some of the water. Uh, why don't we have Floyd give us an explore roll as you try to kind of get a good feeling for which direction to go from here. I failed again. Okay. Floyd, you find yourself not so much getting lost, but just sort of getting distracted. Like you're up on the ridge line behind you, Arineal and Daggett and Gilly or maybe you know, taking care of either the ponies or, or themselves or their clothes. And you kind of start looking around. You venture off a bit to the east and, you know, you kind of lose sight of the sun at a certain point. You feel like you just like this, this heat overtakes you and you kind of feel your temperature kind of rising a bit. Like you still have much of your, much of your clothing on, and even though it's, it's mithril, it still wears a little bit. At a certain point though, you, you find a, a small like offshoot of the loon like it's more just a stream a little brook that seems to travel um it's very thin there's not a, it looks like definitely just like the loon itself the levels of water are down a bit and you see as you're walking up to it the light kind of kind of reflect off some objects in the ground or at least kind of show some objects in the ground and you see 
kind of buried in the moist sand, a series of of toys. Like they're they're kind of faded, but you can tell what looks like like carved toys, maybe about four or five inches in length, different colors, faded from the sun. But there they are, kind of all along the edge of this uh, of this small little brook, this offshoot of the river. I'll go ahead and gather what I can. Okay. You start picking them up, and you notice that like on the underside, like they've been pressed into the dirt. And while they are dirty, the underside is much more colorful, and you can see the more vibrant like blues and yellows and things like that kind of popping out. You start picking them up, and like you pick up a dwarf, kind of smaller, stouter. You can tell a dwarf when you see one, obviously. Pick up an elf, taller than a dwarf, more lithe, but not quite as tall as a human. You see a, a human, a little taller, broader shoulders. You see women, you see men. You end up kind of picking up what looks to be about 12 of these things. And you see kind of all sorts of different groups. Only one of them kind of stands out as being different than the others. You find a couple dwar- a couple dwarves, a couple elves, a couple humans, and you find one tiny little, which you thought might have been a per- like a, a like a child at one point, but you realize after looking at it, it actually looks like a hobbit. As you are kind of looking at this and kind of kind of holding it up to the sun, like you you feel like. Once more, like as you're looking down, you realize your feet have started to sink into the mud. And then you realize that at kind of too late, it is not just mud, but some kind of loose sinkhole or sand. And you start to kind of start slipping into it. What do you want to do? My feet can get ripped free at all. Uh, go ahead and give me an athletics test. Athletics. Ooh, extraordinary success. Hey. You quickly reach out, you grab, maybe there's a rock nearby, and with the strength of your kind of, uh, of your dwarven axe arm, you just pull yourself out. No needed need for help from anyone else. You look back and you see like this, this big mass of kind of black gray mud, just kind of, you pop out of it and you see it just sort of seep and kind of smooth and grind together. You look down at your clothes, Everything from your probably around your thighs down is just caked and covered in that black mud. You realize you're missing a few things. Your boots are fine, but maybe a few like random items here or there, maybe like a hunting knife or so is missing. Uh, you have all the toys kind of in your hand, kind of bundled up. Uh, maybe a you know a segment of a uh, of your belt might have been kind of ripped off, or you keep a, like a little pouch maybe where you uh, keep some some smoke, uh, some tobacco that that Gilly gave you. But you're missing a few things. But you also notice, like, as it's swirling and kind of resetting, that that is extraordinarily dangerous ground. And it maybe makes you wonder how the toys came here and what happened to the person who was carrying them. Did they seem familiar at all? Like toys that we would have uh, heard about being traveled around before? We'll see if Floyd decides to show them to you, Orineal, as Floyd is off on his own doing this while the rest of you are back at camp. Floyd, what do you do? Yeah, I'll just regroup with them. Show them what I found. What, 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 did you, what is it with you and your boots on this trip? You cannot keep them on your feet or clean. It's just playing in mud, I guess, but 
what I found. Well, that Gilly, there's one that looks like uh, a hobbit, even. Oh? Gilly, when you look at it, like you thought, look at the front, very faded. You turn around to the to the backside where the, the color is a little bit more pronounced, kind of wipe some of the grime off a bit. And you notice kind of like sort of the curly, bushy hair that Gilly tends to to sport, you know, like at mm-hmm. least I'm going by your token, uh, yeah. like that kind of curly, almost kind of fro-like, you know, perm in a way, right, for, mm-hmm. for, for Tolkien era or for Middle Earth. Uh, and you see clothes that are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to kind of you kind of dress in that. That do you do you wear knickers? Do you wear pants? Um, yeah, she wears pants. Yeah, and she's then... in pants. You can tell it's a woman. Like you can tell it has a kind of a little bit more shape and curve to her, suggesting and she probably a female form. Stitches like on her own clothing, little acorns. Mm. Sometimes on like the lapels of like her shirts and such. It's, it's not big enough to get that kind of yeah. detail, but you do see perhaps maybe they're buttons, maybe they're maybe it's just mud stains. It does bear a striking resemblance to you. It might just be coincidence. It certainly seems to to bear a striking resemblance. What about the others? She'll start once she sees that. She wants to see if the rest match anyone. Uh, roll a scan test. Daggett, was not your brother involved in some uh, lifting of some toys that were in travel? No, no. Snagit would never never steal toys or anything like that. I do. And she kind of looks to Floy. I'm not making this up, right, Floy? Do you recall? Yeah, Balan's caravan. It did get stolen from him. Exactly. Is slander and libel. I'm sure it was all a big mistake. I guess I like how you're back on team defend snag it. Nice. <laughs> you gave me I know that's fair. Uh, Gilly, how'd you do on that scan? I got a 14. I barely passed. Okay. Um, so there's about a dozen, it looks like actually 13 of these to be exact. And there's certainly like, there's a couple of humans and there's definitely there's one that you could probably say if you wanted to that that's a Rineal. And there's a couple dwarves, and you can certainly make the case that they look like Daggett and Floy. It's not like it's not perfect, you know. Like uh-huh. there's just enough doubt there that you might say it's coincidence, and the number is not even right at all. Uh, but it does, you know, it's a little peculiar, there especially that there's only one Hobbit. Oh yeah, there are there are a couple elves actually. Anyone take a resemblance to our former uh, travel companion? I mean, all elves basically the same. Uh, (laughs) Like I I said to Gilly, um, close enough that you can make the argument, but far enough away that you're not a hundred, like you could still call it coincidence. Daggett's looking over a rennial shoulder. That elf looks so sad. He, yes. He he had a rough, uh, a rough rough life. You could you could say. I'm talking I, about a toy. 
Oh, no. uh, never had something in my likeness. I'm not sure what we do with these. Do we retain the one that looks like us, or do we just keep them all together? I mean, we could keep them all together. Floy, I'm sure you want to carry these, do you not? You wish to play with toys, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm also willing to drop them off at a merchant. Aurelio I really will, don't uh, think this one looks them. anything like me. I he, His muscles are too small, his nose is too crooked. Well, then you don't need to look at it any longer. And so Aurelio will just sort of take it from Daggett and put them all kind of in a pack and uh Arania will put them in her bag. This is my... This is very curious, having these toys out there. I wonder what stories were told when some... Maybe some young one was playing with these. Hopefully more fun adventures than what we have found ourselves in. So... As you guys have been... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Before I do this, go ahead. At some point, like, not in that exact moment, but afterwards, I would want to try and, like, you know, walk next to Floy for a little bit. Floy, um... Arenial is starting to worry me, and I don't know her as well as you do, so I'm just curious, but... She hid under floorboards. She's obsessed with these dolls from the sand... It's very, very questionable. Is this how she always is? Did I not see this at first? Now that you bring it up, it is a bit curious, but I think it's just a ranger. She's curious oh, about the world. it's a culture world. thing. Okay. Yeah. Curious about the world, so she hides under floorboards. That part is a bit odd. I'll keep an eye out if she does anything strange again, but... She was really intent on those dolls too it it just I, that one you're pushing a bit i think she just wanted to hang on okay okay uh, as long as she's not like talking to it at night or something like that <laughs> and so you've been walking a little bit away eastward away from the river you can see all these different streams kind of cascading around here and there are ponds or two. The ground is kind of marshy, which is a little peculiar considering how hot and dry it's been of late. And, and at a certain point, as the two of you have been talking for a while, maybe Gilly and Arinio have been talking as well, uh, you hear the sounds of one of the uh, one of the ponies. Let's see which one it is. Uh, it's going to be Root. Uh, Whose is Root? Gilly? Mine. It's Gilly. Gilly, maybe you kind of get lost in conversation with Arineal at a certain point. Maybe you're looking at these little toys and you realize at a certain point, like your arm is nearly pulled out of its socket as you kind of, as, as you're kind of pulling like the, the reins of, of, uh, of root, you just feel suddenly and you fall slip on the ground. You're kind of covered in mud at this point. And when you look back you can see that root is about three feet down into this black gray mud, similar to what Floyd encountered and is kind of braying. Oh no. Stuck in the, uh, in the ground. 
You see uh, it starts, I, they start thrashing around. You see your things start going wild. Your lantern kind of falls over on its side. The oil spills into the ground. One of your packs kind of explodes. You see some of your, some of your food, some of your inks and oils and stuff from, uh, from Lady Artolos kind of gets seeped up into that, that same kind of black gray mud as well. In and Gilly is yelling for help as she's trying to calm her horse down. Yeah, I'll rush in from behind. Be like, come on. Okay. Uh, Floy, uh, let's go and make an athletic check to see how well you do this. Pony roadside assist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Sauron, but I still succeeded. You say, Sauron, you say? Okay. Sauron, you say. Very good. Can we no, stop with those school. today? Right? Okay. Fun thing is that they continue to carry over for the. the <laughs> I know. As long as it's outside of combat. Okay. Boy, man, that's going up pretty fast. Whew, look at that. Okay. Uh, did, so, you, did you. I'm sorry, did you pass or did you fail? It's a great success with Sauron. It's a great success with the Sauron. Okay, so you rolled high enough. Yeah, so you're able. It's, a, it's ugly. Uh, maybe you slip once or twice and kind of get your, your stuff covered. Maybe some of Gilly's items, not necessarily your useful items, maybe some of your food, some of your provisions get lost, but you're able to get uh, get root out. They're limping maybe for a few days uh, afterwards as maybe one of their legs kind of got caught in the wrong way and they may be sprained on its, either its way, its way in or way out, but you're able to salvage it. Uh, everyone, however, is going to take, you guys got another mishap. Uh, that's that's two oh. points of fatigue uh, for everybody, obviously, but around and then, um, <laughs> Floyd, you failed your explorer test, I think, on this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you take three points of fatigue, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, you take an additional one. And another extra day to the travel. This is a long travel We're phase. It's going to take us forever. Jeff, would yeah. you say that the I would have a load of treasure from the dolls? Like, would that count as a load? I just want to make sure I'm capturing Oh, the they're small and they're light. I wouldn't count it as a load. No. Okay. No. All right. I mean, if you want just to keep track of it, you can just make it one, but it, it's not, I'm not going to require it. They're not in great condition. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Daggett, I need another travel test, please. Can do good, sir. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, wait, math. Yeah, just exactly what I needed. 18. Okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to say you're going to essentially be in that that kind of that little forest there on the southern side of the of the hills of Evendim, uh, the North Moors. You're kind of on the western edge is probably where you guys can. I think I moved your token already, but that's about where you would be. Uh, this time it's going to be you, of Reniel, Hunter, please, if you want to go and roll a hunter test. Okay, doke. Oh goodness. Favored in. Two. She might not get tired, but I'm just gonna start throwing shadow at her. And right. Her, physically taking her taking your endurance down that way. That's what you get. Uh I'll turn Aragorn to my side. Eight, nine. Yes. Uh okay, so the math worked out, so that is a great success. So the math eight, worked a out. One and a six. Look at her pretending to do math. Right? Like she's just pretending. We all know Melissa. I said earlier today they're just a bunch of rocks that she's throwing around on the on their table. Like they're not actual dice. <laughs> okay. So you guys camp. 
uh, one night, uh, kind of on the edge of this, this small forest on the southern side of the, these, the hills of Evendim. Uh, Arineal, you find yourself hunting for a bit. Uh, perhaps it's a perhaps it's actually a deer this time that you're kind of tracking for a while. And at a certain point, you kind of lose it. It kind of darts away from you as you is this like this really abrupt breeze, like this huge gust of wind just whooshes through the area to the point where like you hear the cracks of small branches and stuff uh, like on the on some of the trees on the hill nearby. You you hear this like almost like a clacking, like like this this constant echoing sound of something kind of slapping against one another. And when you look up, the deer is gone. But what you see in the uh, sort of the evening sky, twilight basically, is you see this this sort of long, flat meadow extend out before you. You see kind of this yellowed grass, grass probably that's been sort of staying here on, you know, even here, probably no no rain in some time. Waist high. And it's just like this huge sea. And as the gust kind of continues to happen, you just watch as the stalks just kind of move in this sort of perfect paralleled precision. And it creates these interesting shapes. And you just kind of, for a moment, are kind of mesmerized by it. And then you look up a little bit higher and sort of tracking your eyes. And you see right in the middle of that giant meadow this vast meadow I should say is a figure someone standing but it's not just a person it's much taller than that maybe 15 feet tall you see this this tattered cloak kind of flapping around in the same perfect unison with the yellow grass you see like its arms kind of out right ever so slightly kind of flapping around and you realize with a start like as you maybe draw a bow or draw an arrow to your bow for a second maybe a troll moving through here but it is some sort of scarecrow or effigy that's just kind of in the midst of this place this meadow and you see like the deer that you were chasing just kind of spring and dart through the meadow and past and kind of stumble and get up and then stumble and kind of get up and eventually venture very close to the scarecrow before like it sort of freaks out and darts in a different direction until it's kind of long at a view of you. But it's just kind of hulking there, this this scarecrow, this giant thing moving only when the wind blows. Gilly, is this the sort of scarecrow that you were speaking of that could have been useful on that farm back there? It's certainly creepy enough should perhaps inspect it a little bit closer. I'm curious about such things. Uh, okay. So, Arvinia will walk over and take a look at this scarecrow. Sure. Go ahead and um, give a scan. Or Mm. craft, if you prefer. Craft is okay, too, I would say. You want to see kind of how it's pieced together? Do I get a bonus from Gilly being with me and knowing about these things? Gilly, are you with her? Yeah, I'm with her. Okay. Are either of the dwarves coming as well? Isn't she hunting or something? I don't think I'd be there. She was initially, and I think she came back to tell Gilly. Yeah. Just looking at the scarecrow if you'd like to join. 
I'll Never be seen around. a scarecrow before. Wow. So you uh, you come on over. You make your make your craft test. You can take a, a bonus. Okay. Uh, and, uh, or or scan is fine. Yeah, I definitely went the craft direction. Uh, ten, four, and six. So that's a great success. Okay. So the thing is, is again, as you get closer, it's about fifteen feet tall. It's towering over all of you. Uh, you can tell it, it has been, it's been dressed, but you can tell that the 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 t- that the cloth that's kind of covering it is. Like it doesn't look like proper clothing. It just looks like these long stretches of like blankets or rugs and things like that. You don't see any like in the meadow itself. You don't see any actual crops anywhere. And there's Gilly. I would say you don't see any signs of this having been farmland. It's very, very inexplicable. In fact, that this is here. This doesn't seem like the right place for this. You can see that like at the at the base, it looks like there is a large tree stump that it has kind of been affixed to in some fashion but some of the cloth tarp or the like almost like this large stitched together rucksack that makes up like it's it's torso and drapes down towards where its legs would be like a long dress kind of drapes over top of the of the stump itself uh and it's i would say probably about maybe four feet in diameter uh, at its base maybe five even quite large and Kind of curved, grayish brown here and there. You do smell like, like kind of wildflowers, but see nothing. Uh, when you, when you get a little closer, when you like the light is kind of starting to get dark. Maybe Gilly, you pop up your lantern at this point. You do notice like sprouting up out of some of the, of some of that sort of rough spun uh, covering. You do see these tiny little little sprouts of like flowers and leaves and herbs kind of sticking out from it. And that's where you think you're getting that waft, that smell. Is this the use of scarecrow skilly? Do you also make use of them for growing? Uh, normally it would be amongst a field to keep crows away from eating it, but this I'm this might be something different. Hmm. It's quite curious. I'm not sure what it's here to defend. Uh I'm scared for uh I don't know if this is defend, but more than just scare. Um perhaps we should just leave it. fine with that. Irineal wants to like pluck a little something from it. You reach out. There's this little bloom of a flower and you just pluck it. You have it and you smell it. smells absolutely beautiful, fragrant, divine. It, It just kind of fills your nostrils with like the the smell of an herbalist if you walked into their home. But moments after, like literally within two heartbeats, one of those massive gusts of wind happened once more. And all of you watch as this thing teeters down and just smashes down on top of all four of you. Every one of you go ahead and make a athletic test to sort of dodge out of the way. 
Oh goodness. Um, the runes on my necklace will light up as I take a magical success. I hit a great success. Two of you are probably fail my role. already started walking away. Like, this is stupid. Moving away. Um. So that's a Sauron. Oh, God. This is just going great, guys. Thank you so much for those Saurons. And that's a failure because I didn't roll high enough on the rest. Okay. I got an extraordinary success, Jeff. Okay. Gilly, Daggett, Floyd, three of you managed to dodge out of the way more quickly. Arunio was the one who got nice and close and was plucking something. So it makes sense that she sort of gets trapped beneath it because that's exactly what happens is she is, in fact, trapped beneath it. Uh, you passed your hunting roll, correct? Arunio, I did the event. don't think she so. She said she did. She said the she map did. worked out. No. Oh, that's okay. Thank you for remembering better than I did. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think I did. All right, so you are not wounded, but you do take four points of damage as this thing collapses on top of you. Oh, gosh. The rest of you. Um, you help. You hear... Yeah, I go to help lift it off. Arenial, why are you always playing with dolls? <laughs> as you're lifting it off, uh, again, it's, it's getting dark. It's evening. This gusty hot wind is just moving through the fields at this point and all of you watch as like this fast moving cloud suddenly erupts from the tree line on the far side of the meadow and just begins to swoop down across the meadow now and you realize that it is not in fact a cloud but in fact a large flock of these black birds that just swoop down over top of you and you each of you feel peck 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 all of you are just getting pecked left and right and left and right you feel it break skin you feel your packs get ripped and wrenched apart and you're just kind of covering as best you can some of you might be throwing weapons up and around kind of taking a few down as they go but it washes over top of you this whole flock and within 10 seconds they're gone swooping kind of westward first and then with this perfect unison they turn northward kind of traveling off again maybe a few of you caught one or two you see these kind of black birds on the ground kind of hewn in two you have all these tiny little pricks <laughs> uh, along your arms you're bleeding from them here and there and you uh yeah like you look at each other and you can see claw marks you can see where the beaks kind of protruded here and there Every one of you go ahead and roll uh, a dread test. That's the Valor Shadow? Yeah, it's Valor. Uh, Am I still stuck under this thing? (laughs) No, he pulled you up like right as this was happening. All right. That's a... That's a Gandhi. Uh, Great success. Okay. That is a failure and a Sauron. Oh my gosh. I just <laughs> absolutely love these Saurons. I am just cooking with these things. How'd you do, Gilly? Uh, I got just a normal success. It added okay. to 16. Daggett, one point of shout out. This is not the first time that you've seen a flock of birds. You've been at travel now for the better part of two weeks, in fact. And you have seen miles and miles and miles to the west on the other side of the loon by the farm 
a flock of blackbirds, and this is the second time you've seen it, and now they like, kind of aggressed on you. Like something, something is wrong. Something is off. Something is strange. And you look down, your hands maybe sort of shaking, and you realize you had at some point drew the black fang, Lottie's axe. And while you helped Arineal kind of pull her out from underneath, you now kind of stand over top of her for a moment. And you have like this, this axe brandished in your hand. From one perspective, it might look like you're protecting her. But from another perspective, it almost looks like you're ready to strike down at her in like a coup de grace. There's a bit of a shadow over my face from my back to the sun. And I realize that I drawn my axe without thinking. And you see just kind of a little brief moment of confusion over my face. And I kind of take a step back. I raise my head so the shadow lessens. And I just kind of like scratch my back with the axe like I intended to do this the whole time. Just trying to like find a reason to be wielding this axe, but it obviously feels so out of place. And I'll just kind of set it down and then offer you a hand up. And Arineal was sort of, because I'm guessing from Arineal's angle, it looked threatening. And so Arineal will um, just sort of brush your hand away and she'll just kind of roll off to the side um, and just sort of stand up and just she's just like eyeing you the whole time as she gets up. I give you my most innocent look. And Aridia will try to uh, write the uh, scarecrow back. Like, is it possible to like shove it back into the tree stump again? Yeah, you could do that. And she'll just sort of very gingerly sort of touch it as she's putting it back. Uh, uh, okay. Let's uh, be gone with us. I think now I... No more touching scarecrows. That's banned for you. Yes, this is... This is wise, Gilly. This is, this is wise. And Aridiel is just sort of putting her belongings back on her back, just looking at Daggett. After you. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take the lead. So we'll say maybe you travel a little bit more in the last light of the day, past this meadow, past this scarecrow, find a place to camp and you settle in for the night. You see the, uh, the North Moors kind of extend off northwardly you hear sounds in the hills as wind kicks up like this whirring almost a bit it almost sounds like voices just sort of playing off here and there clouds begin to form for the first time and you see them kind of just fly past you with like this great speed sort of tissue paper thin but morning comes Weather is not as hot. And Dagon, I need a travel roll. How is Arineal's back feeling, by the way? Like, is it still feeling that, like, icy pain? Or has that subsided over our travel time? 
Yeah, you don't feel it anymore. I mean, obviously you took the damage, but yeah, it's it's healed at this point. Uh, not my best roll. That was a failure. That's your third travel failure, I think. Okay, but like my dice aren't really warm right now. It's really cold in this room, and I just need to like <laughs> I gotta start blowing on them or something. I need to put Floyd know. back in charge of travel again because this is taking a long time. All right. And the good the good news is that you guys do uh, you guys will actually get to the far north, uh, basically in a valley between the far downs, the the white downs. You're basically on the far northwestern edge of the Shire at this point. Familiar travel ground for you. Uh, and so the other good thing is that according to the GM map, you're actually on Greenland now, which means you get uh, better stuff again. Uh, okay, it's going to be uh, Explorer again. So Floy, another Explorer role, please. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. I was holding the map upside down. Great success. <laughs> Turn it upside down. Oh, oh, this isn't even area door. What the hell am I doing? Mordor? This ain't right. Okay. Uh, yeah, you venture off. And it's actually a fairly, um, for, for once, like, the travel becomes smoother, easier. The hills are gentle and green and lush. Uh, the the wind has finally started to cut some of the heat that you've had to face during the day. The breeze is kind of hot, uh, but there is some shot. You know, there's some shadow kind of giving for the the clouds overhead. Uh, you kind of don't see much of a tree for for miles and miles, but you start kind of climbing up the familiar hills of the far downs. Floyd, you start to feel as you're traveling this little. little kind of tingle in the back of your neck kind of feel it kind of just the nape kind of underneath where your hair might drape this little sort of sort of vibration it's kind of strange tingling that kind of starts to happen yeah sort of scratch at it try to like swat it off yeah and you you do that a few times and like it's it like abates for a moment and then maybe five minutes later or so it comes back and again and again and it kind of comes back intermittently with no real explanation Night comes, and I would say evening time on sort of a medium hill within the the downs. A few of you, I would say everyone but Floy, maybe you're off gathering kind of berries by nearby bushes or just sort of looking about. You hear kind of a curious sound, a sound of singing, perhaps, like voices. You hear what what seems like these sort of serene, all in unison, this harmony, kind of melancholy in some way. And as you're as you're kind of there on the side of the hill looking down, you see a procession of a group of people dressed in white. And as you look from afar, you see that these are elves. You see they're carrying these like little banners with them as well. A few of them like on either side, but there's probably about 14 or 15. And it's their voices that you hear kind of periodically getting louder as the wind kind of favors you. You're a good 200 yards off. I would say Uh, the last dying light of the evening is kind of giving you this, the vision, but you also see there's a few folks that have, in that procession that have pulled up what looks like these pole lanterns, like hanging down from these these long wooden poles or these, these beautiful looking ornate 
lanterns. They're continuing to move, however. Is doing anything? Ernie will be curious to go get closer and see if anyone's up for introduction. Okay. Anybody yeah, else doing anything? As well, yeah. Okay. Is it all of us heard this or not me? Floyd, not you. Okay. Not you. I'm going to say you're back. Something special is going to happen for you, buddy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to be near Floyd, or is he off on his own? Uh, no, you, he, he can be there, too. It's fine. I was just going to do a little jokey fairy wife appearance again. But no, it's yeah. fine. We can say Floyd's there. No, we can say Floyd's there. It's fine. I mean, Floyd, if you want some personal time with your wife, I get it. I won't be there. It's fine. Okay. I'm hanging out with Floyd. Okay, so Aridiel and Gilly, you start descending the hill, kind of starting to move in the direction of these elves. Uh, both of you roll lore tests, or one of you can, and the other can assist, is fine. Uh, I can assist Gilly. Lore is not uh, Aridiel's thing. Okay. Uh, Gandalf, no additional sixes. Okay. Uh, so with your Gandhi, you would know that there are certain times uh, when elves travel uh, that they do so with a kind of ceremony. Maybe this is something you talked about with Sorendir in your travels. And maybe that a little sense of moroseness comes over at the thought of Sorendir popping back into your head. But he would talk about how like certain elves, what they do is like, they feel like this, this call, this pull and they kind of venture off. And that's when they know they're kind of leaving the land effectively. And sometimes they move in mass and they kind of drift off and travel towards the gray havens where they kind of board these ships and they, and they leave the land for good. And you know that directly West of here, not only is it the, the white towers of Elastirian, but beyond that, the Grey Havens, the opening to the Gulf of Loon. And you see this group of about 15 elves kind of moving. They're all dressed in this sort of similar, elegant kind of white gowns. You don't see any great adornment or weapons of any kind. You do see some holding, again, those pole lanterns and banners. They pay neither you nor Arineal any mind as you even get within maybe 20 or 30 feet. None of them look in your direction. Maybe you hold a hand up to wave. No one responds. And you kind of get the feeling from your conversations with Sorendir that this is a very important procession, very, very ceremonious moment, and that to interrupt it might, might be a little untoward. Like Arineal has her hand up, and I feel like Gilly just sort of like yeah. Gilly just pulls the hand down. <laughs> we just we can watch. Okay. And so the two of you watch as they pass. You hear beautiful singing. It is. It fills your hearts with like a sense of melancholy. It's sadness, but also the beauty is is so immense. Maybe a tear or two even falls. Thoughts of Sorendir, thoughts of Forland, Forland, of, of the Lady Ortolos, of Balavan, the friends that you have met along the way. And I'll say that to two of you, uh, if you would, if you need to, you can regain hope. 
You guys haven't really been spending hope, I've been noticing. Don't forget, you can burn hope and stuff to gain extra yeah. bonus die and stuff. But you could, this would be one of those situations where you could potentially gain hope uh, as it is a joyous sight. Mm -hmm. Since Daggett and Floyd stayed away, we'll say that they do not necessarily feel it. Okay. I actually did spend hope this session, but of course I chose to stay away. <laughs> you were like, can I uh, interfere with my buddy's romantic life? Yes, I will choose to do that. <laughs> I will not go He's see looking for his own fairy thing. wife, okay? He's trying. Ah, I Fairies have a type, man. Okay? They love those, they love them doors. They're just like, just like, uh, just like Gilly. And I'll say as they, as they kind of veer past you, one of like the pole lanterns, uh, the one of the, the 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 women that's kind of holding this lantern out, they kind of look over towards you. They have a, a half veil that kind of covers their eyes, but doesn't fully cover their nose. They look over at you, and they see the two of you nearby, and they just sort of very gently nod their head. They turn back to attention. They're not one of the ones singing. They're just sort of escorting, and you see them kind of start to ascend one of these hills. At this point, the light, I'm going to say, of the sun has 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 disappeared at this point. And you see this bright white light of this elvish procession climb up this hill. And this almost like a star has been kind of burning brightly right in front of you and then descend down the other side out of view. Wasn't that beautiful? It, it was. I'm... Um thankful to be able to have witnessed that. I I couldn't tell, but I I wish Sorendir was maybe a pole bearer. But let's we know that he wouldn't I, go he Balavan's still in Forlond, so he's probably waiting to meet up with him. Uh we we should go back to hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, Renielosaurus kind of wipes the corner of her eye. We, 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 sh we should, um, but she Why sort are of. Elves, all their songs are beautiful, but they're so sad. They are. They are very expressive. As Gilly's like also like sniffling and like wiping away, but she's like not looking at you. She's trying to do the like, I'm cool. I'm not crying. <laughs> well, and you're also so much shorter that it's easy to kind of like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look down. Oh, it does the heart good, though. We've seen so much shadow this travel. Um, I, it seems as if our travel in the dead of winter went more smoothly than this travel in the heat is. Uh, it's just—it's a good reminder that there's still, still hope. Yes, there is. Let's see what those dwarves are up to. They're going to say, like, uh, those two numb skulls are up to. I, <laughs> I was going to say, let's see what those dwarf boys are up to. All right, we'll Daggett. Every time I come to the wind downs, I, I don't remember what happens. So this time, you're going to watch me and tell me what happens. <laughs> okay. must be some good ale. Eventually... Gilly and Arineal return. They kind of have like this sort of they're very relaxed, but they have kind of a sad look to them. Guys sleep for the night. And at a certain point, 
it's a very, it's, you know, it's safe area. Like the worst is maybe a stray wolf or two might pop up, but nothing that any, that you would all, any of you would be concerned with. But Floy, you find yourself suddenly like waking up in the middle of the night to the sound of what you think. Is that, a sh- is that music you hear? Daggett, I want you to roll an awareness test, though. But, Floyd, you wake up and you feel that tingling, Floyd, in the back of your neck. But this time, and it's almost, it's, it's like it's all down your back, your arms. You just feel like you've banged your funny bone. And your whole, everything is just sort of tingling with this weird sensation. Is this an awareness test to detect danger? Well, some might say... Marriage is very, very dangerous. So I will say right. yes. So I will spend a hope to take the magical success from the armband of the Myrdain. You're done. Okay. Uh, get an extra 2d6 for that, too. All right. That is a uh, Sauron uh, with a magical success. Wow. Does the Sauron count if it's a magical success? Then it always counts whether you guys think fail. it does. As long to as it's not I'm favoring, doing, it always counts. Sound. Well, well, if he well yeah. if he rolls a Sauron, like if he. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, that is favored. Uh, so uh, it's not a Sauron. Okay, I'm that's sorry. that's I what I was going to clarify. Okay, so yeah, yeah that one won't count. Okay, all right. Daggett, you wake up, and you see like Floyd is standing a few feet away from the from the camp. Floy, you're looking outward in the direction of where you hear this music, and you see, like, once more, it's like every time on this other hill, you see this dark valley below, but on this other hill, you see a tree lit up with this beautiful glow, kind of greenish here, white there, and you see a handful of shapes kind of moving around. You see a fire has been sort of set up there. And that's what you see, Floyd. You got that, that tingle is kind of sensation is going. It's, it's it's actually a welcoming feeling. It's a little awkward and real, but it's it's still there. And Daggett, you yeah. see him there. I'm gonna follow it. Daggett, what are you doing? I'm, I'm gonna follow Floyd, but at a distance. Okay. You watch as Floyd descends down the slope into the kind of the dark, you know, the dark valley between these two hills and climbs up. No problems whatsoever. Doesn't even take a weapon with him. Maybe he has a knife on his belt or something, but he doesn't have his axe or anything. He climbs up to the hill, and you too see this beautiful tree. This adornment of lights. You can also see it's not just lights, but you see like these little banners, and you see sprouts of, of blooms hanging from the tree, fruits as well as you start climbing. Floy, you get there first, and you see huddled around this fire, drinking, laughing, playing music are very familiar looking faces and they look up oh look who's returned it's our old dwarven chip and you recognize them like they're same faces maybe you get a name or two here and there uh but but you're you're like you you recognize the face and the the voice more than the name itself but you know these people you've seen these you've woken up next to these people unsure what happened the night before oh familiar faces how's it oh, going yeah it's going lovely yeah take a take a seat by the fire get our dwarven friend a, a bit of a point of meat and like or not a point wouldn't be a point okay get, get him a mug come on now and so like you see like waddling over towards you this like 
probably, uh, you know, 40-something-year-old hobbit woman with kind of this curly hair, very rustic-looking gilly who kind of waters walls your way, and she's got ribbons in her hair, and you can tell she's been drinking. There you go, Mr. Dwarf. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, I'll beg your pardon, you're already taken, I'll see. And you can see that, like, as, you, as you're kind of, like, grabbing it, you feel something in your, in your hair, and you realize there are these little tiny blossoms in your hair that you don't remember putting them there. But Daggett, as you are going down the hill and climbing back up, you watched along the way as Floyd just picked these little little daisies up off the ground, kind of broke the stems off and kind of put them into his, into like his temples just above his ears. Do I see the hobbits as well? Daggett, when you get up to the hill, you do, in fact, see the hobbit. You see Floyd is like greeting all of them, handshakes, hugs, grabbing a mug. There's like this big old cask of mead nearby. There's a there's no like there's no like furniture or anything nearby, but someone basically brought a keg. You can see there's streamers and stuff on the on the branches. And when you poke your head up and oh, you brought a friend this time. Hello, Master Dwarf. Come on in. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure indeed. Hello, hello. How are you? And, and who might you be? Uh, I'm Floyd's bestest friend, Daggett. Mr. Floyd, your bestest friend. Oh, very kind of you to invite him. Mr. Daggett, it's wonderful to meet you. Utterly wonderful. My name right here is Michael Meadowbrook. How are you this evening? I am ready for a party as it seems that we're throwing one tonight. Well, you are. You said the magic words. Get my new friend, Mr. Jackie, to meet. And you can see, like, another hobbit kind of waddles over. You know, he's probably an older chap. Definitely, like, receding the hair going back. But this, like, giant burst of, like, white and light blonde hair, like, exploding on his back. I got one for you here, Mr. Dwarf. Hey, oh, no, that one's empty. One second. And he starts wandering back a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, this one will do. Here you go. Now, be careful. They make it strong. They make it real strong. You're liable to forget the knot you had. Dwarves can handle our mead. And I I take that as a not an insult, but a challenge. And I will start downing the, the cup. Okay. And you see, like, when you say dwarves can handle their mead, everyone just sort of looks over at Floyd. Oh, I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can. You guys want to do anything? Floyd, I can't believe you were coming to a party without me. I mean, it looks like you're invited as well. But why didn't you invite me? You snuck away in the night. Did I now? I don't remember. Interesting choice with the flowers. I, I haven't seen you do that before. Interesting indeed. I don't remember doing that either. Is that a hobbit thing? Like, I've, I don't normally see many dwarves with flowers in their hair. Hobbits? No, I don't recall Gilly doing this. So, the rural Gilly, she leans over, drunk as a skunk, Kind of leaning over right in your face, Daggett. It means he's taken. He's taken. What was that? 
He's taken. He's taken. taken. Right up in your face. <laughs> Drunkenly right up in your face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just his friend. I'm just his friend. No, no, no. He's got himself a fairy wife. Oh, I've heard of this. Am I going to meet her tonight? Well, maybe. Maybe. I'm sure they're around here. And I'm sure all these wonderful people will lure them out of whatever hollows they're hiding in right about now. I start looking around. And as you start looking up, you can feel whew, they do make it strong. <laughs> as, you, as your head gets a little woozy at that point. Okay. Guys, doing anything? Sort of enjoying the celebration, whatever's going on. Oh, there's music. You can see there's probably seven or eight different hobbits around here. A few of them, like one of them has some kind of small little string guitar. Uh, there's uh, another woman who's kind of singing along these different these different folk tales and, and folk songs that you've probably picked up along the way in your travels back and forth through the Shire. Uh, you see others are kind of doing like little feats of strength. A few of them are trying to like do handstands and drink uh, a mead at the same time and varying degrees of success, sometimes falling completely over and the mead just kind of smashes, you know, splashes over top of them. And they are drinking and drinking and drinking to the point where like, you don't know how their tiny little bodies are filling up with so much liquid Every now and then, one will wander off and nature calls, but they'll come back. <gasps> Time for another round, thank you. Please and thank you. Hardy if you'd be so kind. You can see the... No the hobbit gilly. is going to outdrink a dwarf while I'm here. Oh, sure, sure, Mr. Daggett. You're so very strong. Dwarf, so strong and taciturn. I'm sure you'll be the last one standing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you see, as they're like, they're kind of getting, they're like one of them, the, like the rural, the rural uh, uh, gilly kind of comes over. They're like, Mr. Daggett, would you care to dance? I got two feet, don't I? Do you? And she leans over the top of her head, smashes into your belly a little bit. And oh, you do, in fact, have two feet. So do I. And she holds them up, these big hairy hobbit feet looking. I've got one here. And then she tries to lift the second up at the same time. Then she goes ass over tea kettle, stumbling back down the hill a bit. That is a weird dance. And I'll throw <laughs> myself down the hill. <laughs> and down, it <laughs> goes tumbling. What is Floyd doing in all of this? I'll just be drinking with whatever people around her. Okay. And so, yeah, you've got a few folks, a uh, couple, there's a small clan of hunters and Fulcrid and his brothers here and there. And they're the probably ones that you've probably had the most contact with is like they tend to venture furthest west. Now, have you traveled any, any, excuse me one second. Oh, have you traveled much recently, Mr. Floyd? Have you seen any new adventures? Yes, most, many. Oh, Yes. Tell us a tale, Mr. Dwarf. Tell them about the unknown creatures we've faced and all the hills and valleys we've traveled across. Wrapped around your wood and it won't your boot for. That's a strange tale. 
Why won't you boot? Master Fly fought a bone-eating monster high in the mountains of the blue. Tell us more, Master Fly. Uh, tell him about the mines and centipede-looking monster with a dwarf. Master Fly fought a giant centipede monster in a mine that was married to a dwarf. Now, Master Floyd, don't go telling me you've got misgivings about marriage now. This sounds like it's some sort of metaphor for having a ball and chain. Calling your wife a giant ugly centipede is a quick route to getting your ears boxed, sir. Oh, not you, at all, no. She could probably hear you now, that fairy wife of yours. You better watch your tongue, lest you want to lose it. Oh, I'm, I'm awaiting her. I've never seen her before. No oh, nonsense, I'm sure you have. Say it in remembering two entirely different things. Tell us another tale, Mr. Floy, of your adventures and your prowess. Oh, uh, well, you know, I've swam in the aisles facing large creatures there as well. A dwarf swimming? Large creatures in aisles? I heard stories about that up in the lake up, up yonder. You know, if you stand atop the North Moors at just the right time, you can see a fleet of ghost ships swooping into the lake from the river out west. Oh, the ghost ships, yeah. It's I've a seen sad those. sight. You have? Oh, I think, I think good. I, have. I always thought, I always thought it was a tale told by drunkards. But you're no drunkard, Master Floyd. Uh, of course not, I'm not a drunkard. You tell nothing but true tales. The best of tales. Uh, excuse me, pardon me, that one got away from me. And so the night continues this way. You hear the sounds of, like, Daggett tumbling around on the hills as it has now become a thing. And they're just tumbling. They, they, they run up to the top of the hill and start tumbling down, run up to the hill, tumble down. Um, it's making me incredibly sick. Yeah, extraordinarily sick. But they just keep plying you and feeding you this mead. And then you start seeing like one by one, they all kind of start dropping and kind of popping up here and there for like, like you know, a second wind or a third wind. Floyd, as you're sitting there at the fire, looking around, you hear, you hear Daggett's voice kind of careening up from below. You feel that kind of tingle kind of take over once more. You see the the fire in front of you just suddenly begin to dim and dim and dim. You suddenly see these like fireflies just begin to start blink, blink, kind of just light up in front of you and get kind of get brighter and brighter. You hear the sounds of almost like dragonfly wings, this rapid fire buzzing and you see as they get closer and closer the lights get bigger and bigger there's a whole fleet of them 12 or 20 and as they do right out of the light you swear you see a tiny beautiful face barely illuminated by the fire 
before your eyes just sort of get a little too heavy and we fade to black. Morning comes. Gilly, Arineal, you awake, no problem. Look around, your dwarves are missing. <laughs> They're not far. You look down the slope of the hill. You see Daggett and Floy and about seven or eight different hobbits scattered about the hillsides and the slopes. Some of them, like, clothes kind of a little off or twisted here and there, not in any sort of horrible, like, immodest manner, but definitely, definitely looking like they've had a rough night. Uh, and they're, like, kind of waking up at this point. Ah, uh, uh, Daggett, you look, you wake up, you're about, you know... You're, you're, you're probably nowhere, no one's closer than maybe 10 or 20 feet to you, but you can feel stuff in your hair and you reach up and there's just a giant mane of beautiful, beautiful daisies. You start plucking them out one after the other. Floy, you wake up, you're like leaning up against what looks like the gnarled tree at the top of this hill. That tingle is kind of gone, right? You surprisingly feel no hangover whatsoever. Uh, but you feel this, like, this just sort of inner peace. As the two of you can go ahead and restore a hope if you need to. Hey. Floy, Floy. Okay, so the feathers, but under the feathers. I, I swear I took an axe to the head. It feels like I took an axe to the head. Oh, you'll be fine. It's just the media. Oh, it's so much pain. I guess you get used to it after a couple meetings. And as Gilly and Arenial come tromping down to like collect their dwarven friends, uh, Gilly kind of stops in front of Daggett, a hand on her hip. So do you have a fairy wife as well then? A fairy life? Wife? What? Wife? Wife. Why are you so loud right now? And she's just talking at, like, a quiet, normal volume. <laughs> Rural Gilly steps up from behind Daggett. So who's this now? As she kind of leans around Daggett alongside. Oh, I didn't know you had yourself a lady friend already, Master Daggett. You didn't mention her no. last night. You didn't. No, you just friends. Just wife? friends. Gilly, no, no, Gilly, this is older Gilly. What's your name? You don't even know my name. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. There were so many names last night. I don't remember what happened. She looks really angry at this point. Millie, of course. What's wrong with Millie. you? Millie. Yes, Millie, of course. That's that's what I meant. Oh, God. Yes, dwarves uh, can just take all manner of drink, can't they? And, and Gilly laughs at this. And she's like, I'm pretty sure you probably stayed awake longer than he did. She's kind and of giving she, you like the stink eye a little bit. She's a little like you can see she's a little unstable. and She's kind of standing around, but she's kind of trying to give you this dirty look. Well, and Gilly's like, all right, well, I'll leave you with your lady. Daggett. I'll be over there with the renial. Okay. And I just kind of sit down. Why is the ground shaking? And I just kind of reach out to steady myself. Well, we will have some uh, food for you when you can find your way back up the hill. 
You hear that, Master Daggett? They've got food. And she's speaking so incredibly loud. And she's like, as you're sitting on the ground, she's almost ear level with you at that point, right? And she's just screaming at like at, at, at high, you know, really high level. Well, maybe she's not so bad if she's got food for us. Come on now, let's go. Get get up. Get up. Earth's yeah. not going to get you up. You've got to get up off the earth. No, Big, you, you go ahead. Off. You go first. You go first. I'm, now, I'm on my way. I'm on my come way. On. No, please go first. Out, please, please grabs go you by first. your beard and starts to try to pull you up by your beard. Come on now. Not the Let's beard. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll cut over to Floy for a second. Floy, you look at your wrists and you see suddenly woven around. You see another one of like like this little kind of weave bracelet around your wrist. I think you might have had one of these before, but you see like it kind of grows like the second one kind of starts to intertwine, gets a little bit more colorful. And you just and you feel no hangover at all. You just feel fine. Do I remember, though? You have this time for the first time. You have visions. You have little glimpses of a face. You have kind of glimpses of sounds and such. You remember kind of like sitting around the fire. You remember the fire dwindling. You remember like whispers in your ear. You remember laughter and giggling. It's all kind of murky. But for the first time, that face, that small little face in the darkness that just kind of came out, beautiful and sweet, big smile, and very happy to see you. Well, boys, I'll see you for next celebration when I'm back. Indeed, Master Floy. Next next spring, it'll be a grand old time. <sighs> All right. Back to work, lads. Let's go. Come on. Up you go. And you just hear grumbling from some of the hobbits that couldn't quite make it. We'll say the morning continues. You get your breakfast. Millie and Gilly start to bond slightly. But still, there's like this, there's like this slight, very delicate trust there. She's definitely very, very like protective of Daggett at this point. She even starts kind of feeding you once or twice, Daggett. Like, come on, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing you big strong dwarf. And then eventually, she wanders off as well. I'm just staring at the bowl of slop. Just staring at it, thinking, I can't eat this. And one of the flowers falls down from my hair into it. And Iridio is like loudly kind of banging. She's got like the pot of slop and she's got like the metal scoop that she's just like banging on the side and like banging in the bowl. You got enough there? Is that going to be good for you? Plenty, plenty. It's so delicious. It's so good. That's that's great, and she like slaps you on the back. Gilly just kind of laughs, and she's like, "I didn't realize you couldn't handle Hobbit mead." And she gives you like your flask of water. Drink some water. I outdrink everyone. It. I was the last. Water, water. Yeah. With that in mind, it's time for you to make another travel roll, which I think <laughs> ill-favored, I feel like, is fair considering your state, sir. Yes, ill-favored. As you pack for sure. up. Okay, I'm normally favored, so that makes it straight then. I'll take an Still audience straight. die then to make up for it. Look at you, you coward. Don't want to get lost yes, in I the am. Shire, you're afraid. 
He's afraid he's going to wake up in Millie's oh. house. <laughs> That's a gandy. gandy that huh? is a gandy. Okay. Single success. Okay. Um, travel through the Shire is quite easy. Uh, Floyd and Dakit, you see a few people along the way that you recognize, you know, from your, your time. Uh, Floyd, you see plenty of people that you've recognized uh, from your travels back and forth. Um, you you, re you realize that at some point as you're kind of traveling through Hobbiton, uh, you see like there's this grand fair or some sort of celebration. Someone's like there's there's just great joy. Um, you uh, you see what just looks like dozens and dozens of hobbits that have kind of come together and they're kind of hoisting up these decorations. Uh, they're singing, they're laughing. Like you're getting like just as you're passing by this this relatively gnarly looking group of travelers who've had you know you've been on the road for like two weeks now. They're just like forcing into your hands sweets and fruits and beer as you pass by, like it's a drive-through, shoving them in your face. And they were quite happy to see all of you. Uh, as yet another joyous meeting. Uh, so do any of you, are any of you missing, or joyful sight, I mean, are any of you missing hope? I no. need one more. You can take one back as you get another joyful sight as you seem to pass through the Shire at just sort of like the perfect time. Uh, and how many successes did you have again, Daggett? Uh, just the one Gandalf. Okay. All right. You get to the other side, eventually you probably stay one night in Hobbiton, maybe the Green Jagged Pub or the Inn, and maybe maybe another, uh, you hear a great song, you hear great, great joyousness. It's just a, a wonderful sight. It's just happiness galore. Uh, maybe at certain point, Daggett, you come across Millie again, or a cousin of Millie, uh, or somebody who looks very much like Millie, and maybe a brother or an uncle or a father, who you recognize is giving you this really, really stink guy from over top a big bowl of stew on the other side of the inn. Uh, but because everyone is well-behaved, uh, no one seems to kind of cause you any trouble. Uh, so actually, I, I need Gilly to, to make a awareness test. Uh, as it was the lookout who popped up I this time. do that. So yeah, as long as you succeed, you can take that 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 hope back. If she fails this role, you can't. I do. Okay. Succeed. All right. So maybe you see the family of Millie in one of the inns, and you quickly turn out and you find a different one to stay in, <laughs> so Daggett doesn't have to deal with uh, the sudden influx of pressure. Uh, and then Daggett, give me one more. I think if you give me one more good travel role, we can probably make it into Bree. Uh, still ill favored or no? No, you're fine now. It's been, I'll say, a day or so and and across the Shire. Uh that is Ooh. What is four successes? Is that just extraordinary or what? Overkill. That's three sixes and a nine. <laughs> okay. So we'll say we'll end tonight as the four four is enough. Uh, as you start traveling from essentially the Brandywine Bridge all the way to Bree itself pass by one or two travelers along the way fair greetings news uh, no issues whatsoever on the road um, you kind of relay that there's some sort of you know some sort of festival that the hobbits are kind of sort of like a midsummer festival happening somewhere uh, within the shire they're just sort of setting up for it 
And we'll end with you all reaching, uh, for everyone probably but Daggett, the very familiar walls, the the hills, the uh, the buildings of Bree, uh, as you have returned home for Gilly, uh, but returned at the very least to somewhere very familiar and very safe uh, for Floy and Reniel. And that's what we're going to end for tonight, I think. Nice. Yeah, right. That was fun. That was a whole lot of failure. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, that was a trouble. very, yeah. <laughs> I Fun thought though, up until I got to the Shire at travel rolls. I don't <laughs> uh, yeah. apparently not. I'm good you, in the Shire. You know, if we're on a road, I can get us three. there. That's crazy. And All we right. had four Saurons. Uh, five, I think. Five. Yeah, you had five. Eek. Okay. Eek. Well, uh, you all are in Bree. Next time around, we'll do the last uh, stretch, which again is on a road. So since there's on a road, it's a little bit easier here and there. Uh, but we got the last stretch as we move down to, to Tharabad. If there's any business you wanted to do in Bree, yeah, think about that. Stock up on that sweet grass, Jeff. That's right. Oh, yeah. all out. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been a very dry summer and spring, and there's just no sweet grass as I'm oh, going to. Oh, Daw has definitely just got buckets <laughs> and brought it over. <laughs> very right. serious. Greenhouse in this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he's eating shepherd's pie yeah shepherd's pie does seem like a hobbit meal uh that definitely does seem like a hobbit meal that sounds so good yeah all right uh let's close it down then what do we got next uh monday uh horror on the orient express call of cthulhu you yes. can see me and melissa in that uh then steven tuesday what's going on man tuesday we're playing more forbidden lands jeff will be there melissa will be there uh aaron and kipser will be there uh jeff uh is in a spot of trouble uh okay. But he'll be fine because I'm a benevolent GM and he hasn't killed me this week. So, mm. yeah, come join us and figure out how he gets out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Benevolent. It's not the word I would use. Uh, <laughs> it's the word I would use, though. Well, we can use it. Doesn't have to mean that we're using it accurately, uh, but we can use this it. This is your, your mud character, correct? This is yep. my mud druid. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. My little rat, rat druid. Uh, <laughs> uh then uh let's see then what oh friday we're we're, we're starting conan we did our session yes. zero already but we're starting first session proper you can see all of us in that uh aaron the aforementioned aaron's gonna be running that for us very excited to give that a try uh it's a completely different fantasy than one ring and tolkien and middle earth but it's gonna be a lot of fun and then obviously we'll be back in a week with more one ring check out the youtube page look for adventures in lollygag and we got all sorts of different games we played some Blade Runner last night, episode three. We're going to be dropping that on YouTube next week. You can catch up on old episodes as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, hit the Discord too. Hit us up on Twitter and various places. Let us know what other games you want us to run. Uh, as uh, sadly, at some point, this this game will be ending. We're trying to. We're, we're already kind of starting to plan ahead, thinking about what we might do next and what we might play after this game or that game. So if there's games you want to see us run, uh, yeah, throw out some ideas. Uh, but that's about it. Let's go ahead and raid somebody, shall we? Uh, let's see. Who shall we raid as I click Who the buttons? Up? <laughs> as you narrate the clicking of the buttons and the uh, looking clicked for yet. someone. Oh, our friends yeah, over at the clicked. boys from the Baltic Star are playing a game. I'm not sure what they're playing, but let's raid them because they're funny and fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's go do that. All right. Thanks, everybody. Follow the channel if you haven't already. Go ahead, subscribe on YouTube. Say hi, all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye everybody.